boom, and we are live. Yodi. Uh, what was I going to say to you? Yeah, you were saying that you're living in the sticks, you're out in Kells, yeah, and you're moving to Germany, basically. Moving to Germany, yeah. Um, as I was saying uh, before we clicked record there, uh, just we, when we decided to move to Kells, it was because we wanted to live together before we got married, and um, we'd both kind of been playing in each other's bands, but not really kind of working and writing together. So we wanted a kind of a space where we could do that, and that's what Kells did for us, I suppose. And we've kind of over the last couple of years, we've written pretty much an album. And now we want to go to Berlin to record it and to sort of, you know, soak up what Berlin has to offer and stuff like that. So Fuck, savage. And come here, forgive my ignorance, but when you say we, because there is, this is you and your wife, Sarah yeah, May. exactly. And you're, have you a group together? Or? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, we've got, Caramo is actually playing as well with us at the minute. He's playing kind of beats, electronic beats and stuff. And um, so he's not moving to Berlin now as well, but we'll hopefully get him over to record with us for like whenever we're recording a couple of weeks here and there, he'll come over and record with us and stuff. So. And what does that mean? Like, the, to to me, in my innocence, you write an album, mm. you know, you write ten or fifteen songs, whatever it is, and then you go to a recording studio, and over the course of a couple of hours, like basically, you can record. In my mind, you could record it as maybe twice as long as it takes you to just play it. Yeah, but that's yeah. obviously not well, the reality. Yeah, I mean. The reality now is that you you don't really you don't really have to do that unless you know unless you've got a really big production with uh you know with all the bells and whistles and lots of strings and you know whatever then then a studio becomes essential but you can record at home you know what I mean like when I say we're going to record in Berlin we probably do some bits in a studio some bits at home like like that's the way that's the way people people do it now really is recordings are done kind of some people still do it the traditional way where they go to a studio like you're saying and record. Uh, but most people kind of do bits here and there and, you know, people record albums and they don't even meet, you know, so it's done across the Atlantic or, like, look, when we recorded Red Queen's album, like, we spent an eternity doing it, you know what I mean? We did it yeah. kind of the traditional way, but it was, we had sort of time constraints and money constraints meant we could just do a little burst of recording for a couple of weeks and then we might have to wait a couple of months and do another burst and eventually, like, we were recording pretty much over two years, you know, for ten, for ten well, probably recorded... 13, 14 songs, but the final album had 10 songs on it. Um, so it's kind of... Uh, my I would The way I'd like to record again would be to try and do it, not not spend as long doing it, because you kind of... By the time you start... When you start recording an album and then two years later you're still finishing one of the songs that you started two years ago. Yeah. You, you know, your love for the song is fucking... Is gone. Dying to death. Dying to death. You're going to go on this. Is, you know, so I don't... I, I mean, I suppose the classic example is Chinese democracy, Guns N' Roses, for spending 10 years recording an album. Like, it's just, I don't know how you can do that anymore, you know what I mean? It just seems like madness, you know? So, um, when I say we're going to Berlin to record, I mean, we're going there to, to live primarily and to sort of, you know, uh, do bits of, bits of recording. Hopefully we'll do bits in the studio and then we'll just record wherever we, wherever we decide to live over there as well, you know? Right, cool. So and whereabouts in Germany are you going? So Berlin. You, say, you said Berlin, yeah, right? Yeah, cool. Yeah. And have you a place sorted, or what are you looking at? Uh, well, we've got we've got a floor to keep on for the first couple of weeks. We're just going to go over kind of in dribs and drabs because we have commitments that we need to uh, fulfil here before we go. So um, we're going over for two weeks on the tenth of October, and we're going to try and get set up. Like, w- there's lots of German bureaucracy that you have to go through in order to be eligible to even try and get an apartment you have to have a bank account you have to there's lots of different uh, hoops that you have to jump through in order to uh, even sign a contract for for to rent somewhere you know what i mean yeah yeah so you ha- kind of have to be there already you can't just kind of 
get an apartment from Ireland and go and live there, go and live in it. You kind of yeah. have to be there and then, you know, sort all that stuff out. So we're going over for a couple of weeks to do that. And then we're home, for, as I say, for a few weeks to just do a few gigs. And um, and then we go back in November then till Christmas and see how we go on then, you know. So, so everyone's kind of saying it's a mad time to move because it gets so cold. In, like it gets really cold in Berlin. Yeah, yeah. Like it's worse the winters are wor- more, much more cold than they are here even yeah like, well, so uh, continental climate yeah exactly so like um, everyone says don't move to Berlin in the winter but fuck it we're going to we're going to book the trend you know wouldn't be like you yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. and come here typically when someone moves to like a foreign country um, and to work or whatever else over there they, they get a job over there mm. and they pay their taxes over there and all yeah. that jazz but you being a musician presumably that's slightly different is it or, or is it or what way does it work yeah well I mean yeah we don't well that's 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 the way we live here, you know what I mean? Uh, um, we don't, I suppose, by choosing to be a musician, it's all, uh, it's a little bit like a vocation or something, like, uh, not, 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 not that it's worthy of fucking anything, but you kind of have to, you kind of have to suspend security or, and, uh, you know, it's hard to make, you know, big plans because you don't have a regular income and it's sort of like, you make hay while the sun shines. Like, I suppose, we, we use kind of cover gigs and you know doing corporate gigs and weddings and all that to fund what we really want to do which is our own music you know what i mean so like yeah so as moving to another country it's not going to be like if you were going over there to work in the tech industry or something yeah, yeah as you say you'd you know you'd probably secure a job and you you know you, so it's we uh we're just going to have to try and make it happen we'll do some busking and do some gigging like we do here and probably get little part-time jobs and stuff you know so that's that's the plan you know what i mean even though yeah. it seems very seems very scary and it is kind of I'm apprehensive about it but i'm excited about it more so than anything you know what i mean yeah, yeah no, of course yeah, yeah um on the creative side of things it's traditionally been i suppose very hard to monetize your creativity yeah. whether you're a fucking sculptor or a painter or a musician or, or anything yeah and uh, but you could obviously argue that we're in the or could you argue that we're in the golden age of monetizing creativity? Yeah. Because never before could you, let's say, sell a song to someone in Australia. Yeah. Um, and have you found it any easier, or do you, like, is there more people doing it? Or just you know, that kind of way, is it a victim of its own success? Then, I think, or? I think, as you, as you just, as you just described, it's, it's, uh, there are, there are, there are pros and cons to, to, to the way music is consumed now and the way music is, is made. I think it's brilliant in terms of, as you say you know if you do it right and if you can um you know it's a, if you can target the right audience you can find an audience everywhere you know what i mean all over the world it's not yeah. you don't need you don't need what you traditionally needed before but the, the suppose some of the cons is that you, you know uh it's very hard to reach reach a really wide wide audience without the help of a record label or something like that you know still but do, do you need that because my again uh, you know i'm by no means mm. an expert in this but traditionally you know you, you needed a hundred thousand people say or more to you know buy an album and mm. you got you know one percent of that after everything was kind of paid but these days can you not sell to a thousand people mm. and get a hundred percent of the money yeah but, absolutely yeah yeah well uh, yeah you can i mean uh, selling your music directly to your fans uh, obviously is much more profitable for you but um it's i i don't know like i mean people say it's very easy to reach a large audience on on the internet but it it, it is it, there's work in that too you know what i mean oh, you know like 
people, I suppose, the big thing now is like targeting Spotify playlists and getting on that, those kind of things. And you kind of, it's the same kind of, you need to, you need to know what you're doing there. You need to be connected with the right people and all that. And that still takes effort and getting your name out there as well. You know what I mean? So it's sort of, you know, it's, uh, there's lots of ways to go about doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, have you a Patreon account, or are you familiar with Patreon? Yeah, I yeah listen to some. That's kind of a. What, what is how do you describe Patreon? Like a, um, I presume it's a a format for people to contribute to the work of someone they would like to see doing more of that work. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like I would be I would I'm a massive fan of a guy called Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Who as it happened, I think he's earning 60 grand a month yeah. through, through well, Patreon. I, yeah, I, I listened to the, to the Second Captain's um, podcast as well, and they do it through Patreon. And I yeah. know it's interesting, because I was just doing the, I was just doing the sums in my head. I subscribe to their podcast, and it's five, I think it's five euros a month or something. Plus and sorry, do you, I'm not familiar. Do you have to subscribe, or like, do you have to pay to listen to it, or is it free? They, they have some free content, okay. but then if you want to be, have access to all their content, you have to subscribe. Right. Uh, they, they used to they used to do a podcast for the Irish Times, which was free, uh, I think it was twice weekly. They do one football one and one kind of general sport one. But now they now they have content every day, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think you can still... I'm not sure, actually. I think you can still access some of the ones that were free previously but now if you want everything you have to subscribe five euro a month you know yeah but i was work i was looking at sort of how many subscribers they have versus five euros a month and like it's it's they're, they're doing really well because like, i i i kind of question like why are they leaving a big establishment like the irish times to go out on their own you know what i mean yeah of course. but it seems to be paying off for them you know what i mean if you do the maths it's uh they're obviously, they're, you know, they obviously had done the research, and it's, I'm sure they're, they're reaping the rewards of, of going out on their own and, and trying, because they had already reached an audience, they were confident that they could get that number of subscribers to make it sustainable, and then they have, like, you know, so fair play, you know. Not fucking fair play uh, again. Yeah, and I thought kind of diverse. It's allowed them to diversify as well, so it's not just sport anymore. There's a great, there's a great weekly kind of political um, podcast, and he's done some great ones about, you know, stuff in Charlottesville and. Um, you know, sort of the rise of the, the alt right and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's it's great. I think the to me the best thing about that is the autonomy. Mm. You know, you can you can say what you like basically, and you don't have you know the editor of the Irish Times breathing down your exactly. Throat yeah, 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 yeah. Um, exactly. And even even with this, with, with my own podcast, um, it's funded by my actual job. Yeah. Which is you know like you're saying you're going to Berlin, you 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 might end up getting a part time job or a job yeah. doing this that, or the other. You're, you're not selling your soul, but you're no more than I am. We're not yeah. selling our souls, but we're doing what we have to do to fucking pay the bills. Like, yeah, because that's, our creative yeah. thing mightn't necessarily pay exactly, the bills. and that kind of brings it back. That's basically that's that's that in a nutshell is what is is sort of my way of life. Is that yeah, you're doing things to 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 allow you to fucking pay the bills and to to live, I suppose, and to eat, and then you know that's I suppose you're doing that to to I'm doing that or we're doing that to kind of allow as maximum time. To be creative, you know, that's yeah. what it is. Like it's or it's giving yourself more time in which to do the things that you're passionate about doing. You know what I mean? Which for in our case is is music and trying to you know create an identity that's our own. You know, and do so to try and do something new and you know as well as kind of paying heed to our influences and all that. You know, that's and you know do going and doing gigs and doing little bits and pieces here to to fund that is what it's all about. Like you know what I mean? That's what it is. Like you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. As, as you're saying, like. You're 
this is what your passion is and you're using your, your real job to, or I hate that, I shouldn't have said real job, but you're using your, your main sort of income to fund this. Like, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I remember being asked a question, I was doing some fucking business course or something years ago and the guy running it asked, uh, asked the group of us, um, what would you do if you won the lotto? Mm. And like a, a lot of people said, oh, you know, how much is the lotto? Is it this million or is that, you know, because a million quid isn't as much as you might think it is, mm. blah, blah, blah. You know, fuck's yeah, sake, all whatever, whatever the, an, enough money for you is, pick that figure, whether yeah, it's yeah. 500,000 or 100 million. <clears> if you had it in your bank account, what would you do? And everyone in the room was the same as myself, left kind of sitting there going, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, no one had already answered. I don't think most people do. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important because... If you sit down and think about it for long enough, and I did at the time, and at the time I would have said uh, train and study full time. Yeah. That would have been my thing. Yeah. Um, but then when I asked myself, you know, how much do you need to train to train and study full time? You don't need a million. No, you, you don't, don't need yeah, fucking a exactly. hundred thousand. Like if you got, yeah, yeah. if you, you know, if you got minimum wage yeah. throughout the year, you'd fucking be you, happy. And and yeah, you could yeah. train and study full time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking happy days. Yeah. So. Like my business isn't massively profitable, but it does allow me to train and study full time, which yeah. is what I would do if I won the fucking lottery. Yeah, exactly. Right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. It's a good way of looking at it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's yeah. I think people kind of equate obviously people who equate happiness with the sort of uh, accumulation of wealth, but it's not, you know. I think it's you know it's been proven to be untrue in so many cases. I know? think so. Yeah, they have a figure. I think for the states, is it sixty or seventy thousand dollars a year that let's say if just for argument's sake it's, it's 70,000 mm. so if you're on 30, 40 or 50 or anything below that anything more that you earn the closer you get to say that magic number say it's 70 mm. you will literally get happier with every fucking 10 or a year more that you earn you will get marginally happier you hit yeah. that 70 everything else after that it's just it's it, you're not going to get any happier and even I think happier is the wrong word Yeah, yeah. Um, I think too many people like I did for years kind of wanted to be happier and mm. drove to be happier but I think if you have purpose in life or if you have a goal or if mm. you have something that you're trying to achieve like with you it might be you know releasing an album or mm. reaching people or maybe creating something original or yeah. whatever it is yeah, like, yeah. I think you'll be more fulfilled because happiness is kind of fleeting nobody is ever happy for long periods of time yeah like, I know I, absolutely yeah but um you mentioned I don't know what I don't know how you mentioned it, but you, the the alt right and that are you politically are you political at all do you do you dabble in politics or do you uh, have an interest in the I suppose I'm kind of I'm kind of you know like everybody else just kind of uh, I would say I'm, I wouldn't say I'm overtly political um, I take an interest in it absolutely I like I suppose I like reading and listening to opinion about it yeah for sure and what would your sources be. Um, like would you tip? Would you listen to the radio? Would you watch the news? The typical kind of routes, or would you? I do some of that, but then I also try and look for alternatives. Um, you know, like like listening to podcasts and stuff like that would be one way. Uh, I, and then I do, yeah. Like I read, I would read articles in the Guardian, and then I'm, I'm also like, I dabble a little bit. Although I, I I get I despair a little bit with some of these YouTube channels that are kind of giving you supposedly alternative and are, are giving you alternative. Uh, news and stuff like that but it's very hard to it's very hard to get a grasp on on what's really going on you know what i mean with so there's so many contradictory report so much contradictory reporting and stuff so yeah one thing on that that i love is this phenomena of uh fake news mm. 
personally, I think fake news is fantastic. And I, whatever this podcast turns out to be, there'll probably be a YouTube channel and you know whatever yeah. else attached onto it. I wouldn't rule out the idea of purposely putting out misleading, false material out there. Mm. The idea being that more and more, I think people are feeling that you know they don't know who they can trust, mm. and I think that's that's better than taking everything that was on the news and online as mm. gospel. Yeah, like I remember when I even when I was writing the the blurb for the for the website for the business, I wrote the testimonials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of yeah, right? yeah. And now I got I got the yeah. okay from well, the people I was representing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. When you're actually but involved, it, yeah, in doing yeah. It but yourself, th- that's it. Like fake news is not new. Like fake news is 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 news. Like you know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah. just it's like history being written by the winners, or whatever. It's just, you know what I mean? It's it's. it's it's not it's not a new phenomenon, you know what I mean? And as you saying writing the blur it's interesting you saying writing the blurb for your business, like I mean bands everywhere do that, you know what I mean? Of course. You know, you're writing you know, and you're kind you're kinda of writing it about yourself but it's a it's appearing like it's it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. You know, that's it's a kind of a weird it's a weird thing to do. It's a weird feeling when you're kind of doing that or you know, even even when somebody asks you so what do, what do, what do you sound like? You know what I mean? What you know what I mean? Or what's what's it like? It's a very hard question to answer because it's so you're so in it. Like you know what I mean? And I suppose then you try and clutch at other people to compare yourself to or other bands to compare yourself. That's the obvious. That's the easy thing to do. But it's uh, yeah, it's just one of those uneasy things to do. You know what I mean? But I think it's it's cool, and I think it's something that people typically don't get the chance to do it. And it's not until you start kind of putting out material whether it's mm. whether it's the blurb on the inside of your fucking album cover yeah. or anything until you start really going okay I, I can just put whatever i want and uh, like there's no you know there's no crime you're breaking by just completely lying about stuff yeah, yeah and it's yeah. not until you actually kind of yeah realize that that you i suppose mm. can fully question yeah what you kind of read and see and hear yeah, online yeah. like, like the, was it the fucking was it the times the la times and the new york times got caught out there a couple of months ago they ran a story, I think, I don't know what it originally appeared on, a, but it turned out to be a fake news story, mm-hmm. and they got caught with their pants yeah, yeah. from having kind of just regurgitated it. And then they had to do, do the apology and all that, isn't it? But their apology was fucking hilarious. Their right, apology okay. was, um, you know, very sorry, caught with pants down. From here on in, we're only going to report on what we know to be true. You're like, are you fucking serious? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the, the omission of guilt there that they would have just fucked up any other thing that they could have gotten gotten away with. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to think of what they'd got away with, bef- like pre-internet. Yeah. Like at least now they'll kind of get, they can get called out on things. Exactly. Like, Someone yeah, yeah. see it and instantly it can go viral yeah. or and they can look bad. But yeah, pre pre that, what was in the fucking papers was gospel. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose that the, the internet allows us to question everything because you know you can do your own research and all that but i just sometimes despair about like well what will become of truth like what, what like like you know we have to base a lot of decisions on what we see as truth you know what i mean yeah about what's going to happen next or the future so i i just worry about where where will all of the questioning and the sort of conspiracy theories etc which are all not all but some are valid and some you know need to be questioned but i, wor- I worry a little bit that you know we will have no basis for on which to to base our opinion of truth on, you know what I mean, or what what is fact, you know what I mean? It's it's uh, I think it's great in one way, but I also kind of worry a little bit about where it, how far it can go, you know. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's a, it's a weird one, um, but I think the more 
the more kind of fake news stories that are kind of exposed, the more people... Like, I, I find myself now, if I'm reading an article and the the person that I'm reading is, say, is, is, is saying what somebody else is saying, mm. I'm more and more inclined to Google the name of that person and yeah. check out his Twitter page and see what the fuck he's saying. Yeah, kind yeah. of getting it from the horse's yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. Because I think we, we don't need... We don't mm. need large media organizations to disseminate all the all the information. Don't that kind of way mm. because you know anyone with a fucking a phone or a laptop or whatever it is mm. um, that's right beside whatever is happening can report on it live. And like, there's obviously downsides to that. You're getting subjective people's subjective opinions, but I think I think there's a resurgence in journalism coming. I don't yeah. think it. I don't think it's here. Like, would you know? Would you name a couple of journalists? Like, I couldn't. Yeah. I could name a couple of journalists that I would turn to when something kind of happens. Yeah, that yeah. You want to kind of find out about. There's one or two that I yeah that I would like r- read fairly regularly. All right, but it's yeah, like Fintan O'Toole I like, and you know. Um, well, who's he now? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know him at all. Times, um, right, and has I wouldn't. He, uh, I don't mean. I don't read him every day, but yeah, I, yeah. when I do come across something he writes, I kind of. You know, I appreciate. I suppose I can see where he's coming from. You know, kind of way. Yeah. Um, or I, I suppose the Ken Early I love as well, who's on that Second Captain's podcast, and he's doing the kind of political ones every week. So, and I would read a lot of him and listen to a lot of what he, what he has to say. You know, I just like just like the cut of his jib. You know, I just like the way he yeah, goes yeah, on. Yeah, of you course. Know what I mean? yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I know what you mean. Like I don't I don't have I don't have a big long list of journalists that I turn to. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but at least you have a couple of people. Yeah, yeah. Because I think most people that you ask that question to, you know that. They read the Independent, say, or they read the Star, or whatever you know, mm. whatever newspaper it is, or they they watch the the Irish News. Which the, the thing that kills me about the Irish News is not that I watch it, mm. but people seem to think that it's kind of perfectly objective, mm. um, and because it's because it's kind of state run, it's not private. There's this aura that there's no agenda. Mm. Now I'm not saying that they do have an, that they do have a, a strict agenda to put forward one thing or another, but mm. they certainly don't have. No agenda. Yeah. Oh, that, absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah. I mean, the obvious one is the reporting of the the water protests and all that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They have to have an agenda. I think. And what? Because I wouldn't have followed that. Because mm. I don't listen to Irish news at all. Mm. Like, I never listen to the radio. Never watch the news. Yeah. I don't watch television generally. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I would have missed out on the water protests. So what? What do you mean when you say that would be the obvious example? Well, it was just a reporting of the numbers of protesters that were on, on marches, you know. And what, they were played down? Or oh, absolutely, they were played down by okay. OT, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, to, to what end? Because um, it's the government and they were kind of the protests were a roundabout way of complaining about the government? Absolutely, yes. Well, I mean, they're, they're a state body, you know. So of course, it's, yeah. uh, it's uh, you know, they just... Downplaying it makes it less of an agenda. Yeah. Um, which, you know... It really was. There was no denying that it was a huge, huge. It had a huge effect, and it sort of mobilised so many people. Um, so, I mean, their their agenda for not reporting the figures correctly is that you know that they hoped that they could dampen the, you know, the protest and sort of that they could implement the charges. And uh, you know, they almost did. They, um, you know, it was close enough. And uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that the, that they didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. It's great that the, the kind of the, the people mm. came forward and so stood up against it but again these days like the reporting say the reporting for for example said there was 5,000 people there mm. but if you've got some lad with a smartphone and he takes a picture of you know 10,000 people 
that's, yeah, that, and that's, that's why open it goes live exactly, immediately. and that's why it's so naive to try and to try and even think that you can tell you that you can give a misrepresentation of something like that when when you when exactly when there's thousands of people there with smartphones that can actually prove, you know, proves otherwise, proves like. otherwise, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that and that, yeah. I suppose that's that's a good thing about technology that you can, you know, you don't have to, you, know, you don't have to rely on on, uh, you know, the so-called. Uh, you know traditional sources to for facts you know what i mean no, yeah, abs- yeah. absolutely yeah. uh speaking of technology and you just made me think of something there like for example google would have been in a position to tell you how many android phones were on a particular street mm. at a, at any particular time yeah so they could have they could have come out say and said the press is reporting that there was 5,000 people there, mm. but we have 12,000 registered android phones yeah, 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 within yeah. this kind of yeah area yeah so, yeah and that's obviously not everybody that was there because there's you know other makes exactly yeah yeah can't track or whatever um but it's it's kind of scary the power that the, the kind of the tech companies have google i think in particular mm. um like are you familiar with different things this like when you you know when you let's say google a particular thing especially mm. if it's kind of political um like the answers that you're given Google's alg- algorithms give them to you. It's mm. not that it's oh, yeah. perfectly objective. Yeah. Have you ever thought of that? Like how tech, like how how influential it is. Yeah. Like how well, that, that's uh, I kind of feel pretty strongly about. Yeah. Th- that's the side of technology, uh, the sort of nefarious, and I suppose that you know the the thing in the Trump campaign where the. I'm not going to remember the names of these companies. I know there were ba- this company that was based in Oxford or Cambridge that you know was you know targeting, let's say, uh, your preferences on Facebook. Um, you, you know, probably, do you know anything about this stuff? Yeah, but, ba- vague, yeah. probably as much as yourself. So, so between the two, of us yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm great for kind of uh, half remembrance. So, <laughs> well, so am I. So yeah. hopefully, it's um, the ultra. But half. like. Uh, you know, th- this side of technology just terrifies me, and uh, the nefarious and the nefarious nature of it, and um, you know, like where the, in the Trump campaign where they were targeting, let's say you, let's say on Facebook you like, um, you know, if, let's say you're a man and you like, uh, you know, beauty products. Okay, yeah. They make a they make an estimation that you're probably gay or whatever, and then they can decide. Well, we're not going to target you with our Trump agenda because we know you're not, we're not going to get your vote anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, and then let's say, you know, you're, you know, you're, you know, you're a man and you like muscle cars on Facebook, you know, do you like these pages and all that? Then you go, well, they're going to be receptive to our message. So, you know, it's individually, individually targeting uh, potential voters. Whereas before political campaigns were, I suppose that's the mistake Hillary Clinton made was probably, targeting large groups of people yeah that yeah. that day is gone and uh, you know well i mean it's there as well obviously you can target large groups of people too but, but you're, you're targe- it's you're much more tailored it's much more tailored to to people who are going to be receptive of, to your message you know what i mean yeah well the, the, traditionally you targeted millions of people yeah now you target millions of people individually exactly so yeah, yeah. in a fucking really kind yeah, of yeah. scary way like. i just uh, yeah exactly and it's it's uh get you to pull that yeah, up sorry. sorry and it's it, it some people might say, "Well, what's wrong with that?" But but uh, I just think that it doesn't it doesn't allow you to sort of it presumes that you're one way and it and it presumes that you're not going to change and it it you know it's yeah it's just 
I just, I just, I kind of that that stuff kind of terrifies me. It is, it, it is yeah, terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you said that your uh, the ex- expectations that you're, you know, you're you're not going to change your your mind. Mm. How are you going to fucking change your mind if everything that you see online kind of lights up? Yeah. The things that you like having lit up in your head, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're left with you know echo chambers, and you're 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 left with a fucking divide, which America has now in a bad, Mm. bad way. Yeah, half the country isn't talking to the other half of the country. Yeah, like anyone who voted for Trump is is an asshole, and anyone who didn't vote for Trump is an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you can see, like it's hilarious. Like, how can you think that half your population is you know either stupid or crazy? Yeah. Like, surely you're fucking missing something. But when all you see on your social media, say, or when you're online, is, um, you know, Trump supporters are racist or mm. are bigots or are this, that, and the other, and that's all you see. Yeah. You assume that they're seeing what you're seeing. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're looking at the other and saying, like, how can you how can you even think like that? Mm. I mean, are you not looking on the internet? Yeah, 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 yeah. But what they mean is, are you not looking at my, my Taylor's my, my, internet? My, exactly, my version of the internet, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. That I've, like, I mean, it's not, I'm not above that. I fall into that trap, you know what I mean? I suppose that the stuff that I... I am that way too. I'm Like, I read The Guardian. I'm probably your classic lefty, you know what I mean? But I'm trying to... I'm trying to be as aware of that as possible, and because I think there's a sort of a there's a sort of an element on the sort of where where I would base myself, kind of liberal left wing. There's an element of that which is kind of sh- shouting down people as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think it's getting more and more prominent. The sort of the, the sort of uh, liberal views that are not allowed to be challenged. You know what I mean? Or you know that. And I think that's need to be careful of that too. You know what I mean? I, th- I think that's that's hilarious the way mm. that's happened. You, are you familiar with Antifa? No. Uh, Antifa is short for anti-fascist. Right. So I don't think I'm doing them a disservice mm. by describing them this way. But Antifa are who will are a group who will essentially petrol bomb a white supremacist rally. Yeah, yes, it's so it's it's yeah, fucking yeah. it's mad. Like they're yeah. so left or right. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. like remember that. Uh, the game of snake on your on your yeah. Nokia, it's like they've gone so far left, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. right, like. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and you're seeing you're seeing more and more of that, and I think it's kind of ex- it's exposed on college campuses because you follow Eden Rogan and a couple yeah. of another American yeah. kind of uh, based podcast and that, and even the likes of your man Jordan Peterson. Like in Canada now, it's illegal for you to not use these new gender pronouns. Mm. Like it's actually illegal. Yeah, yeah. Like you have to, by law, yeah, that's call someone just, something. Yeah. But words that you can't even say out loud, like the N word, yeah, is yeah. perfectly legal. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That stuff is just it's gone. It's gone. It's gone mad. Like you know what I mean? It's just so you're, you're driving people into the hands of the right then, because and I think that's a big part of why Trump is in particular has been successful. People are just fucking fed up with that. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They really are. Like, mm. um. But it's it's interesting, even the fact that you know the difference between left and right. Like I would, I'd love to do a, a poll of Irish people, even if you just you know randomly asked a couple of hundred people mm. in Navan or in Dublin or wherever, where they were in the political spectrum. And all you're looking for is to see what proportion of people know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to find out whether they're left or right or not, mm. but to see if they say left or right or ask you what do you mean yeah yeah because i genuinely don't think most people know there is a spectrum yeah exactly and a lot of people who are who would consider themselves politically minded and would watch the news and would read all the papers and 
even those guys don't know the difference between the left and the right and liberalism and conservatism and it's just a, a fundamental it's like it's like trying to be a fucking an engineer when you don't have you know adding and subtraction <laughs> Do you know like i know you don't have the, the kind of basics and it's it's obviously not taught in schools politics not yeah. in secondary school like i did business and i did economics but there was no no real politics in it yeah did you do anything remotely like that or like you went no. down the college route didn't you yeah i did yeah but you know yeah i don't politics i don't i don't remember feeling that there was a kind of an overtly polit- political excuse me a political element to anything i was kind of learning you know what i mean it was just i don't remember feeling that you know but would that be a way of counteracting it that you teach kids even the even if you were to show them that there's a left and a right, mm. do you know that kind of way? Yeah, yeah. Um, your man Jordan Peterson, my, my new boyfriend, as I call him. <laughs> I, I fuck him. I'm just a massive, massive fan yeah. of him. But he he's a, a clinical psychologist with a speciality in personality. Okay. And I've been listening to him a lot about how our political persuasions are actually, um, in a large part, due to our, our biological makeup, like the physical components of your of your brain. Wow, okay. Um, fascinating so, stuff. Like. And more so than nurture, or more so than how you go, how your surroundings when you grow up? Or does there's, you there's a certain amount of both. Yeah. Um, but, and I, I don't know, I don't know if the if the scientific community has kind of settled on it's 10% one and 90% the other, or that it's 50-50. Mm. I think it, it, it varies kind of case by case. But I don't think that there's an argument anymore at least that it's all one or the other mm. it seems to be kind of absolutely a, a mixture of both um but that's kind of scary as well from a kind of a, a profiling point of view because you mentioned it yourself like on let's say on facebook they know maybe one or two things that you've liked they know maybe where you live yeah they know um by your query post let's say if you commute yeah they, they, they pick four or five things and they've got you fucking nailed mm, they know, know yeah. you better than you know yourself yeah exactly like. yeah yeah um but my again kind of entry-level understanding of the personality things is that there's five main personality traits extroversion which is you know how outgoing mm. or not you are uh conscientiousness which is how orderly or how hard working you are um, openness, which is how creative or intelligent you might be, agreeableness, kind of self-explanatory, how agreeable you are, and then neuroticism, how kind of much in your head you are. But if you're, for argument's sake, high in conscientiousness, odds are you're going to be a conservative. Mm. You like orderli- orderliness. Yeah. You like things the way they should be, and you know, um, marriage is is marriage, and yeah, doesn't yeah. necessarily include fucking a fish and a donkey that want to get married or anything yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. before or after that like yeah. um and then openness um is synonymous with i think with kind of creativity yeah and if you're a creative person typically you're going to be kind of left-leaning because you don't like the the order and and everything else but uh again that's my my you're all for the fish and donkey <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah. yeah um but you see you as a creative person and there's there are very few of you mm. um but you're in your own echo chamber because odds are you probably know far more musicians, say, or artists or creators than somebody who isn't creative. And, you know, yeah. we, we're all the same. But it's we, such a, yeah, exactly. And it's we a hang around with people similar to us. Yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, I suppose, you're being an artist, it's a fickle way of going on because you're kind of, you know, you're creating something that's not, it's, 
it's not really going to be for the betterment of anything except for you know it's all, and you're putting it out there to be liked or disliked you know what I mean so it's yeah. kind of it, it's a it's a sort of what's the word it's like it's a funny position to put yourself in you know you're kind of well here it is like take it or leave it you know what I mean there's no yeah. there's no kind of there's no sort of a security in it or something as I was saying before you know and how do you find the the re- I don't know rejection is probably the wrong word but like it's one thing creating something mm. and then there's another thing kind of you know publishing it and, and putting it online absolutely yeah 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 so how do you how do you 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 think this is pretty good, you know, or this is, you know, yeah. uh, this will stand up, uh, or else you wouldn't press the, that big red button, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But then I suppose with time you can kind of see the things that work and didn't work, and things you do differently, and so I suppose you can get a perspective that way, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's it. And what do you? What can you rate? Like, if you if you create something and you fucking love it mm. and you know it doesn't get any kind of traction say online yeah does that bother you or do you need what's the word do you need um i can't think of the word yeah i've got i think i know what you're getting at. like i've gotten better like i suppose when i was a bit younger um the validation was validation. Yeah, that's the one. The yeah. validation would would have been yeah. Obviously, I mean, everybody has that. I think in anything they do, you know, you need you want to be wanted to be recognised for what it is. And I suppose in our in what I'm doing, it probably does mean you know how much reaction it's getting or whatever. But uh, I suppose yeah. Um, now I'm kind of it's more about am I am I making my am I doing the best that I can do? You know what I mean? It's not I don't look so much outside for for the validation you know what i mean um i'm kind of although i still you st- I still need some of it to, to <laughs> justify i'm you know drag yourself out justify my existence or, yeah you know what i mean but uh yeah i think i'm getting better at kind of just kind of going well what like what do i want and what what will make what will make me feel fulfilled in this and that you know and that's i suppose you're you're weighing up both of those things you know what yeah I mean? no big the sort of the look at me and the sort of uh you know focus on what you're doing that kind of thing <laughs> kind yeah of no because it came up recently with, with me i was um i was i caught myself i caught myself um asking the question what do people want to hear mm. in relation to the recording yes. the conversations yeah yeah which people. is a very natural question to ask of course yeah. Yeah, yeah and i was trying to think you know what 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 would gain traction and what would do this and what would do that and then i just kind of caught myself and i was like fuck's sake man mm. have the kind of conversations that you want to have and you know Fuck the hypothetical audience. Yeah. And if if it resonates with a load of people mm. and it becomes popular, well, fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Get a bit of feedback of what people like and dislike. You can maybe use that to, as a as a as a guiding rod, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's plenty, and there's plenty of people, and I suppose there's plenty of musicians that do that too. That they find an audience or find something, they click onto something that they're good at, and they just keep doing that for the rest of their career. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And fair play to them, you know what I mean. That's fine, you know what I mean. But it's just it's not something that interests me really, as a as a, in terms of you know, I suppose someone like Radiohead, they spit a lot of people, you know what I mean. People people can love them and people hate them, you know what I mean. And I've been I was at a gig with them last summer and a couple of 
couple of people that I were with hated the gig and other people loved it. Do you know what I mean? And they, they but what 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 I admire about them is that they I suppose Creep was twenty five years old this week, which is Fuck. kind of terrifying. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just how far they've come from that in terms of what they're trying to do now and. Just, I would see them as having having grown as people and sort of, um, you know, they're sort of challenging themselves and challenging their audience. Like, they would have lost a lot of people along the way and they would have gained a lot of people along the way. Yeah. And I find that trajectory much more exciting than, than even somebody who I love, like the Rolling Stones, fantastic. But they just stick to a formula, you know what I mean? Now, it's yeah. a great formula. It's a fucking really good formula. Yeah, it works. <laughs> like, And I love them, you know, I love them. But I kind of... I just kind of find someone like Radiohead a bit more interest in terms of they've challenged themselves and challenged their audience more so, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's cool about um, that slong, Song Exploder uh, mm. podcast. I think that gives an insight into what is music because I think more and more these days we're, we're, we're given so many beats per second that you like kind of click and we find catchy and even if you hate it you find yourself singing along yeah, to it like yeah but i think if you can if you could increase the popularity of something like song mm. exporter it would make people kind of question what yeah. they're listening to a little bit more yeah i had an interesting conversation with a fella uh recently and he, he's he's actually he teaches songwriting and um he was talking about there's this there's this there's well there's basically two guys that pretty much write all the pop music now right you know what i mean yeah they write songs for for everybody like you know Katy Perry all the all the supposed chart artists you know Rihanna and it's like a fact it's like they have a factory system you know what I mean yeah. and it is what you're talking about there's all these formulas that you have to take to take and they've got people that they go to for the hook you know what I mean yeah they've got people they go to for creating the beats they've got people that you know what I mean so and they and they kind of they oversee it all you know what I mean but it's like it's just where is the soul in that you know what I mean it's for me it's like I mean, and there's, there's, I, it doesn't mean I don't appreciate this kind of pop form. And there's always been, there's always been formulas that you stick to when when writing a good or a hit song. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they are not to be dismissed. But this sort of, the sort of, the sort of factory nature of it now, where it's all, it just all sounds the same. You know, I know it sounds like the typical old man, but, but it just there's no soul in it, and there's no sort of striving for something unique or t- or to stick your head above the parapet to to do something different you know what i mean it's yeah. just and uh like even when we were yo- younger like um it seemed like chart music was in a better place than it is now you know what i mean like you, you had you had certain songs that got to the top five or got to number one that you, that that were different and were on their own merit yeah exactly on their own merit or, or you know people do it themselves you know what i mean like yeah. as opposed to sort of uh you know sort of a big industry at the at, in the background of of of, a, of somebody who just fronts it like you know a pop star who just fronts it you know what i mean but sure i mean you you've, you literally see it like the, the like it's it's mad it, it sounds like it's something i'm i'm envisaging mm. but the likes of you know x factor or all mm. these different programs they fucking show you how this stuff is yeah, made. exactly yeah, yeah. like the you know they, they get 20 or they get two thousand people or whatever it is up and they pick the the best five looking fellas out of it whether they can yeah. sing or not is kind of <clears throat> beside the point they have to you know they ha- there has to be the, the really cute one the little pudgy one and there's, there's, yeah. even a, there's even a formula to the look of them you get the right look and then you employ one of the two guys that you referred to there a minute ago who are basically the um the composer of half a dozen other different companies yeah, exactly, whose yeah, niche yeah. is the beat and the this and the that yeah. and the other melt yeah. it all down together and you've got 
exactly a number one hit uh, 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 that guy I mentioned that I was talking about songwriting and he's teaching I suppose young aspiring songwriters and I suppose when I was talking to him he seemed to be he, his perspective and he comes from a very much a pop background and he, he, he didn't he didn't deny that and why should he you know his parents are huge ABBA fans and fantastic you know but I kind of worried a little bit that his focus was on in terms of the knowledge he was trying to impart to young people about songwriting was in terms of it being sort of commercially successful and being in the top 10 you know whereas I was kind of going well there's a whole other world of songwriting that's about sort of soul searching or trying to have some sort of you know, message, or message, something. or or something. you know, <laughs> trying to make you feel something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, like I could name re- lift off a, a reel of names of them. Uh, you know that. You know th- that's not what songwriting is about for me, or or you know for thousands of others. You know what I mean? And and for a, a huge audience. You know, I think you know chart music is not. Who is it for? Like at the minute, it seems to be for 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 kids. You know what I mean? It's not. I th- it is. Mm. It is for kids. Yeah, yeah. It? I mean, if you look at like I, I wouldn't be close to it by any means, but mm. I would have thought that everything that's in the top ten charts now isn't even being bought by the kids. It's being yeah. bought by the parents, kind of yeah. for their kids. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, is are adults buying music anymore? Uh, well, I still do. I think there are people, and I suppose with the. The vinyl resurgence and all that shows that there is, I suppose it's sort of a, I was talking about to this with Kev last night, um, or some, I don't know if it was yesterday or some stage, but you know, just suppose the tactile nature of, of owning something, you know, and yeah. having a, like I still do, I know, I think adults, I think I, I have a lot of friends that still do buy, buy music. But um, when you say buy music, are they buying vinyl or CDs or like paying for it online or? Um... I think they're buying. I think I, I know a good few people that are buying vinyl. I suppose it's not it's not the majority by any means, and it's not it's not the way like when I suppose when we were in our teen teens, you'd buy loads of C, you'd buy CDs. You know what I mean? Mm. Those days are gone. I don't know anybody who buys CDs anymore. Yeah. But um, I think there are, and I think I'd like to think it's on the way back a little bit. Um, you know, like when all your music is a is is a file on a computer, it just loses its. I think it loses, a, you lose magic with that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, I just love buying a record and seeing who produced, like, reading who produced it, seeing the effort that's gone into the artworks, you know. Um, I just love all that, you know what I mean? But that's my, I suppose that's my it's my big interest, so why wouldn't it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but uh, aside from that, though, I think you, even you that would prefer that, you'd probably sooner see people, even if they're downloading it, even if it's for fucking free, mm. Um, illegally, yeah. You'd sooner see them illegally download good music and yeah. not you exactly. know, the tripe that's fucking yeah. trotted or out. Or if, like. if somebody asked me, or like, uh, would you prefer if somebody downloaded your music illegally or not listen to or not listen to it? Yeah. <laughs> I obviously, I'd prefer if they downloaded it illegally and listened to it. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? Even if I don't get a red cent for it, yeah, I would still prefer that, and that's the reality. Like that's what's going to happen and that's what you know that's that's what does happen you know what i mean i don't i do i do download stuff and i, I don't i'm not like a purist about it but i yeah. do uh i do i suppose have an affection for you know and it is the hipster thing of buying vinyl and all i'm aware of that too like it's sort of only the latest vinyl or whatever you know <laughs> but uh i just I, yeah i mean i just i just love it i love the whole sort of the process of it. i suppose your man jack white from the white stripes has you know he's got a I don't know if you know about his. He's got a place. I think it's in Detroit, 
or no, it's actually in Nashville where you can. There's a recording studio and there's also a pressing vinyl pressing plant in the one building. Right. So he did this thing recently uh, where he recorded a song and pressed it and then got it to his shop in 24 hours or I don't know something yeah, like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. I just I find that kind of cool and exciting. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I suppose it, part of me loves the kind of advances in technology and then part of me is sort of a retro freak you know what I mean yeah. I love old things and I like you know what I mean and the the sort of um, the the care and the, and the sort of ingenuity that went into making things in the past you know what I mean as opposed to everything being streamlined in, in a factory and all that you know what I mean I kind yeah. of like the old uh, craftsmanship of, of things like that you know no absolutely and I think mm. there is a, a bit of a craft resurgence yeah, yeah. In, in all aspects whether it's you know beer or music yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. else but I wonder, maybe you'd be closer to this now. Um, with beer, it fucking kills me. Um, you have the likes of Diageo. Like, they have, you know, half a dozen craft beers out there. It's not fucking craft yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. Is there the equivalent in music? Like, are the big labels pumping out um, vinyl? Yeah, they are, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I mean... I mean, in a, in a bad way or a good way or an indifferent um, way? Or? I would... I, it's, it's slightly different in terms of that, I think, like... For them to put out, I just think them to do to go back to to sort of a, a a physical copy of music. I think is is a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. So that's fine. Whether it's a a small indie label or a big label doing that, I think that's fine. I think what you're talking about the agio kind of sort of uh, almost underhandedly kind of yeah. saying, oh, we're entering the the craft beer market is kind of a bit more. It's a bit more underhanded or something uh, in terms of like we know you're not. <laughs> We know you're. We know you're not a craft. Like you know, we know you're not a craft brewery. You're. A yeah, you're, you're a craft brewery that employs twenty five thousand people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, do you? What do you do? You drink craft beers and stuff for? No, not not really. Um, but what I've started doing is like I wouldn't drink a whole pile mm. full stop. Like, but when I am out, and I started this a couple of years ago when craft beers became a thing, I started asking for you know I'd ask a barman you know, what craft beers mm. they have. I couldn't help but feel like a craft beer wanker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I've since changed my tact, and what I ask for now is Irish beer. Yeah. Um, and more often than not, they don't have it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was in um the Royal, mm. uh, I don't know, six months ago or so, and I asked her one of the had she any Irish beers? Uh, no, I asked her did she? Have, I asked for a, a bottle of brew or something. Mm. They didn't have it. And I said, fuck's sake, like uh, they're down the road for fuck's sake. You think you'd support them, but they didn't have it on here for whatever reason. And they said um, they had, I don't know if it was Cute Hoor or Galway Hooker or okay. one of those. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get that. What's the one with the, the eyes kind of Cute Hoor? Yeah, be. yeah. Um, got that. And was like, I was I don't know who I was chatting to, but I was saying, they were asking me, oh, is it nice? I was like, I don't know. what Beer tastes like beer to me. like, yeah. But I'd sooner put a few quid in the pockets of some lads in a shed in Galway than I would, you know, Heineken. Absolutely. Who owns fucking... Oh, they've, they've been bought out, haven't they? Of course they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course they have. And yeah. again, well, that's, this is what I'd hate to see happen yeah. to... And that, yeah, I got you. I kind of know where you're coming, that's coming back around to music now. Yeah, I mean, small indie labels get bought out by big the big fish all the time. Mm. And But they often still release under, under, the, under the name, under the same independent name. But yeah, like... That does happen in music too, where you you think you're buying independently, but really they're owned by Sony or BMG course, or whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. That happens for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is there any like? Can you 
can you take Sony money and still be true to what it is that you're doing, or are you just automatically poisoned by what they're going to make you do? Or would you have an insight into that at all? Um, not really. I suppose it depends on the artist. I think if 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 you're selling enough copies, you can kind of be dictate to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, true you enough. know, like um, who am I trying to think of? Uh, like there are, there are art. Who was it? Who was it? Uh, I watched something recently. And they were just completely left alone by the. And I can't even remember who it was, but basically the artist was just left uh, left. It's a huge artist, and I just can't think of them now. But they were left alone to their own devices, even though they were signed to a huge label. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they had the ultimate trust of of the label. You know what I mean? And they knew. I suppose the label knew that there it was going to be. But I think for somewhere in the middle, you probably would have a lot of sort of uh, A and R men knocking on your door or whatever record executives kind of, you know wanting to hear the hit and wanting to make sure that that's what that their money was going to they were going to see a return on their money you know what I mean if they're investing money in you to make an album they want to make sure that it's going to sell you know what oh, I mean of course yeah, yeah. return on their investment yeah, or whatever yeah. else like. yeah exactly yeah and is it still the case like I know it was years ago or at least that was the, the line that whatever makes number one is just whatever has been promoted the most is that mm. still the case or oh I think more so than ever yeah right okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I can't think of an album that made it. I, I think songs can come out of somewhere, like singles can come still come out of nowhere, and do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't think an. Al, I think albums are different. I think. Um, I suppose in Ireland, yeah, like you have. Like, I think Ham Sandwich had a had a number one album last year or when a couple of years ago, whenever they had the last album out and. That's fantastic. I mean, they're an independent band, so I think it can happen. I don't really know to be honest with you. I don't. Yeah, yeah, no, of yeah, course, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think for on the most part, it's just whoever has the biggest promo, as you say, gets there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you were saying like um, it could take you, you know, ten years to to record an album or, or such. I heard an interesting one recently. I don't know who, even know who it was, but it was some guy who had made a, a show for Netflix. Right. And it went live on Netflix, and they, you know they dumped the first full season so that you could watch it. Hmm. And what happened was it was massively successful, and everyone that was interested in it had watched it from start to finish within a week and it was like right so you know when season two yeah is yeah, there yeah. that element in music to when you do come out with something that there's always that you know when's your new stuff when's your uh, new yeah, stuff absolutely yeah 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 for sure yeah like you're only as good as the, as the thing it's, it's happened so quickly now you know what I mean uh, like like bands like even you notice the way they that they kind of they're sort of how they release stuff now is, is completely different like you know, before you might have one single or two singles maybe out before an album came out. Yeah. Now you have low, like four or five songs come out before the album's even available. So it's like, I suppose you you need to you need need to constantly be releasing stuff to 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 maintain an interest in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's true. You need to constantly be doing stuff. You know. And did you ever think of like here's one for you? If I haven't fucking said it to you before. Will you please, or fucking get somebody else, please, to write a fucking Christmas song? Yeah, okay, yeah. What the fuck? The last, like, 20 years, Christmas songs haven't been anything remotely to do with Christmas. They've just been, you know, whatever. A song that came out on the 21st of December or whatever. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. and it's usually, like, X Factor or whatever, because yeah. it's obviously a massive market, like. Yeah. But I don't see why somebody hasn't, do, A, done a Christmas tune. Yeah. Um, or, B, done, like, a political tune. Yeah. Or not even a political tune, but, but you saw that song that was written for McGregor. Yeah, do you know the kind of way? So, if hypothetically, if you were to write a a song about, let's say, McGregor or some yeah. fucking something that resonated with people and people were talking about, hmm. it might only be um, 
it might literally only be a joke yeah. or something that kind of went viral, but at least it would draw people to you know your stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is that a route people go down at all? I think or? it is route. I yeah. For me, that would be a little bit cynical to do something that's sort of tongue in cheek in order to just bring bring them to your music. I I think it depends on the type of music you're doing. Like, um, I suppose. Yeah, like uh, we kind of take ourselves quite seriously, and it would it, it would be a mismatch for us to do some sort of thing that's almost novelty. Uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't match in with what we do ordinarily. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think it would be too it would be too cynical a move to do something like that f- for what we do. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think if you're if you're someone like your man with the McGregor thing, like let's say he comes along with an album now, that's not like that's not a million miles away from the McGregor song, well then fair play to him. Like, why wouldn't he do something like that? You know what I mean? Yeah, but if it, I'd love to see him turn... I'd love to see him come out with an album akin to, let's say, yeah. one of your albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for it to gain a bit of traction purely because he just fucking... Yeah, did. maybe so, yeah. I mean, there was a fella there's a fella in Dublin called Anderson who did this really... Um, he did this great video a couple of years ago where he uh, he sort of went around his, his area in Dublin and kind of was going door to door selling his album you know what I mean right and he'd built he'd the whole it was the video was really well done because he'd built his little studio out in his back garden and it showed you that process and then it showed you kind of just snippets of him recording and then he was going out door to door and then he, he was sort of there was footage of him interacting with the local dubs and stuff like that and him yeah. trying to and he was just he's kind of he had the personality for it but the video went kind of massive you know what i mean because yeah. it, it was funny like and the idea of selling your music door to door you know was kind of funny and he got you know it gave him a great platform and i thought that was that was really cool because it get it um it didn't there was no cynicism to it it was genuine you could see it and then it was funny and then his music was great as well so that was a great i think that kind of creative marketing stuff is really cool you know what i mean and i i suppose i don't i don't really i don't know if i have the head for it but it's it's, it's a job in itself yeah exactly yeah you're yeah. busy creating and you like, yeah but you have someone else yeah but busy I, promoting exactly but you and that's another element of being a musician now you have to be all that you can't you can't just you can't just sit there and be the creative and not be willing to fucking send the emails and not be willing yeah. to you know be familiar with all the different platforms that you need to put your music up you know what i mean you, you and that's you you learn so much about the business side of it by just because it's your because it's on a DIY level you know you you do even if you're bad at it like me you you get some understanding of what goes into it you know what yeah. I mean yeah so it's an appreciation for exactly it exactly appreciation for it yeah yeah because it's the same myself with my business and even down in here like I wired all this up mm. myself and and below is the same I'm the I'm the plumber I'm the electrician yeah yeah you know the sparky or whatever you have to kind of do a bit of everything um. Which is good in a way, but it's obviously very limiting as well. If you're fucking busy doing everything, that you're not really focusing on on what it is that you That's need it, yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. You I need mean, to become expert at time management. You know what I mean? Which is not one of my forte's either. But, it, but see, that's the thing. It's not really a left-leaning person's forte. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that sort of regiment. You need to almost be a little bit more regimented. You know. But you see that the people who are fucking super regimented couldn't create something if their fucking yeah, life depended yeah, on it yeah like, exactly so you, yeah. You, you need the mix like you yeah, know that's it yeah yeah you do need the balance of it yeah um, you mentioned the platforms that you have to be up on that's one thing that I wanted to ask you is there somewhere that people like let's say myself I'm not a massive fucking audiophile by any stretch of the imagination but it, I do like mm. music and I don't buy into the 
like I wouldn't listen to the radio. I literally yeah. wouldn't turn it on. Yeah. Um, least of all to fucking hear music, whatever about listening to like a, some sort of debate or something. But Song Exploder will be a good one for me to find new music. Say, yeah. What are the platforms that let's say you and creative people, like genuine creative people like you, would use? I suppose it's because if I'm into it. I there's lots of different places I'd go for. But is there a, is there a more What's the most successful one, say? Or what's the um, most mainstream one, say? To be honest with you, let me see. Or is there a space some, I'm trying to think of people who I love now and where I discovered them. I, I'm, love with, I love, uh, I'm in love with a fella called Cass McCombs <laughs> at the minute. I think I actually am in love with him. But, um, uh, and where did I, I suppose I found him on, on like Pitchfork as one of the biggest American kind of new music websites. Okay. Um so and are you on pitchfork no no i wouldn't be I, hopefully someday i will be but that would be okay. like a that would be a sort of a, a goal aspiration for sure right. to, to be featured on something like that but i so yeah but that that wouldn't be the only way i'd find it like i suppose word of mouth would be still a lot of way ways i would find it like um uh and i do listen to certain radio shows as well like i love listening to bbc radio six which is just a digital radio station BBC radio station but they just play great music all day and there's a woman called Lauren Laverne um, who presents a show from 10 to 1 every day and she's brilliant for discovering new music um, in Ireland then like stuff like Paul McLoon I'd listen to on Today FM in the evenings um, again the, the two examples he gave you have to kind of be a by a radio and B at a particular time. Like, are they? Do they have podcast versions of what they they do? Or yeah, you can listen. You can listen back to what they do. You right, know, if okay. you if you don't catch it live at the time, you can listen back to it. And I do that a good bit. All right. Um, and then where, like it's it's funny. It's funny how you, when you think about where you discover music. It's kind of it kind of just seems to find you when you're. Uh, and I suppose, like, I'm constantly listening to stuff that I would have discovered years ago like my dad would be a huge influence on me musically oh not always has been like in terms of stuff he would have exposed me to when I was young like yeah um you know I'm constantly finding myself like stuff that he would have played for me years ago and I'd be going that's shite dad what the fuck's that <laughs> and now I'm kind of a massive fan of it like, yeah, something, of like Tom, someone like Tom Waits for example like yeah. when I heard when you hear that when you're 11 you're kind of going <laughs> are you for real like you know give me I want to be a rock and roll star I want to be I want to hear Oasis or something but yeah. now you know obviously your your taste mature and someone like Tom Waits is amazing to me now you know what I mean yeah. or you know there's, and there's loads of examples like that where you know so um Constantly going back and listening to old music, uh, so like another band like the Blue Nile, I've listened to a lot lately, and I don't, I'm trying to think where I, it's a name I would be familiar. with, kind of a Scottish band from the eighties. They release they're very slow at releasing stuff. They release stuff maybe an album every eight years or something. Oh, right. They've got about three or four albums since the eighties, like you know. But uh, I'm trying to think. I, I think I, listened, I heard a documentary about them on the radio or something, and then it made made me kind of made me go and discover them and now I love them you know what I mean so I, I suppose I find music in lots of different ways and then stuff that's on like social media yeah like um, stuff that other people recommend friends on Facebook or stuff on Twitter I would find music that way as well I suppose and um, and yeah. ty typically who finds your music appealing or what? could you like what type of person would typically find your music or does your music fit into like a, a genre or a mixture of genres or um that's the kind of thing it's it's hard to describe i swear do we have a i suppose we do, we haven't released enough stuff we haven't like i mean 
we've we haven't released anything that we've written together yet so that's right. why that's what I, i'm kind of excited about this this next project is going to be like so before obviously i released the album at red queen which was myself and the, and the three lads you know what i mean and that was a rock that was a rock album you know what yeah, i mean red queen yeah absolutely that was that was a rock uh that was coming from a place of you know all, all of a hodgepodge of all the different influences that the four of us had, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you could, you know, and it was, it was alternative rock or whatever. Um, and then Sarah May would have kind of released a couple of EPs, um, one which she just did herself, uh, and then another another EP which had drums and guitar on it. And that would be kind of, you know, her influences would be Kate Bush and Tori Amos and stuff like that. And so the stuff we're doing together, not that it's a sort of a... You couldn't you couldn't directly say that it's sort of an element of of the rock I was doing with Red Queen and an element of the sort of singer songwriter stuff that she was doing herself, but it's somewhere it's somewhere within that it's somewhere like a meeting of those two things. Not that I, it's not going to be rocky. It's kind of much more um, dream pop, I suppose how you describe it. Dream pop. Dream pop. Yeah, yeah. What's dream pop? Uh, well, the bands we there's bands we like kind of, kind of like called Beach House and stuff. So. It's kind of um, the sound we have is sort of so it's lo- like lots of synths um, and she's playing like a, a we don't have a bass guitar so the the bass sort of the low end of the sound is filled out by a bass synthesizer yeah so it's not very intricate it's just kind of kind of big low notes like not very fast bass playing yeah, or yeah. you know you wouldn't be able to and then I'm kind of playing very reverberated guitar and kind of lots of delays and then both of us are singing and then we have you know Carmel doing kind of electronic beats so it's it's kind of okay dream pop I, I don't know I should have done my homework before I came in here <laughs> dream pop I suppose it's sort of um it's kind of it's nothing too in your face it's kind of relax it's the music is kind of relaxed it's not really it's not really kind of it's not punchy it's yeah. not sort of it, it's not i suppose it's kind of antamic but in a sort of a relaxed way you know what i mean yeah because i was going to ask you like um for me that knows nothing about this is it something that you fucking dance there jump around to or no this would be kind of background music or <laughs> sitting quietly and enjoying it kind of thing. yeah exactly it's not alt-esque kind of yeah in, in a way yeah alt is yeah although i think they're at, they have some songs you could jump around True to you know what i mean um and i suppose we will as well like but it's kind of it's kind of like i suppose if you not to get too arty but it's kind of like a wide like a wide lens or something like a that kind of feel like a, like a big spectral feel or something to it that's what we're going for you know what i mean not so like it's not um nothing's too kind of in your face you know what i mean yeah. and uh, uh, and the sound well, what we're going for hopefully is kind of a sound to be kind of things kind of interweave with each other and you, you can't really pick out any individual thing above anything else you know it's kind of a kind of a woozy me- mesh of things you know what i mean that's that's yeah, kind of what we're going for good. you know what i mean so it's uh, yeah it's not going to be like fist pumping the air or something <laughs> you know what i mean uh although but yeah that, that's what it's that's what i suppose that's what it is to me but it could, it could sound different to somebody else you know what i mean you know but yeah that's what, anything that's truly creative i suppose is always a bit like that like yeah you, you'll never get a definitive answer of what a painting is supposed to be or yeah exactly you know, what so it is subjective yeah whatever what are you called, or do you have well, a, a moment, name? Or? We've just been operating under Sarah May's name because we suppose she, we did. She was releasing EPs under her own name. I suppose it's kind of and the weird spelling S A R A M A I. So it's not. It could be a band name because it's not. It doesn't really look like how you'd how you spell it. But we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna have a new name for when we when we have a new release. So okay. uh, um, we've just Stay been op- we've just been operating under that name because that's that's 
she's released stuff under that name already and you know people are kind of familiar we did we did other voices on the tv and you know we've kind of done things that not not that we're widely known or anything but that you know we have some sort of the name is out there in some sort of way so yeah we've just been using that just just because it's just been easy to do you know but i think it would be a misrepresentation of the, of the new sound to use the same to just use sarah may's name yeah plus i want to get my bit in there <laughs> i want to be just sort of uh, an afterthought you know of course I mean? of course yeah. um on the name you that's um I suppose such a purist you might call it. Would you sell out on the name? Like, let's say if you came up with a name that you both loved and you thought was a great name, mm. would you listen to somebody who was, let's say, um, like an ad salesman, or do you know that kind of yeah. way, and say, "No, what's wrong with your name is, for example, as you pointed out, it's not you can't spell it phonetically, so you're going to lose half the people who yeah. try and search it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where do you stand on the likes of that, or would you just play? With well, what I, I suppose I've learned a few things, like, uh, like. I suppose I came up with the name Red Queen Countess and like mm. it's not a name that rolls off the tongue it's not a name that anybody's like if you hear even if you hear it a few times it's hard to remember it you know what I mean now it meant something to me at the time and uh, that was fine but I, I think like um, it is important that you have a name that sort of um, stays with people absolutely I don't see anything wrong with with choosing if you it's i don't think that's selling out i suppose that's sort of being sensible like yeah you want people to remember the name you know what i mean and, in hindsight i would come up with something a bit snappier than red green <laughs> contest you know but uh yeah like like i suppose i've had conversations with with uh, people about the name ham sandwich you know what i mean yeah which obviously it's that name sounds like a, a, a the name of a band of people who started the band when they were teenagers and they thought that would be funny you know what i mean and yeah it, you know and then i suppose they release really great music that, and they, they, you know, they're taking themselves seriously as a band. And I know people have, would have said to them, "Oh, you need to change the name if you want to make it internationally." And and you know, you know, what's the story with the name? Like, you know, I can't take you seriously with a name like Am Sandwich. But in fairness to them, they've they've stuck with it, and you know, and I respect them for that as well. I respect them for not going, "Oh, yeah, you're right. We need to change your name." You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. It's sort of I kind of admire it because they obviously started the band for fun and a bit of crack, and then and they're still together and they're still doing it and they still have the same name. So, I kind of I kind of respect that they've done that. You know what I mean? Even yeah, though the name to, some, to a lot of people is ridiculous. You know what I mean? On Red Queen contest, there's a the Red Queen problem in phil, is it in philosophy that. Um, it came from Alice in Wonderland. The yeah, idea was that's, that's that exactly where I got it. Yeah, you have to have I got this right. The the Red Queen problem in in, is in psychology or philosophy, it's either or in science and in in the idea being that you in in the Red Queen's kingdom, you had to run as fast as you could to stay, to stay in the same place. That's exactly. Was, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was reading a thing about a book called Shantaram, and it came up. The phrase came up in that about it's sort of like where a parasite fights the host and the, or sorry no, that's a bad example sort of where a disease fights the body and the body has antidotes to try and fight the disease you know what i mean okay and it's sort of uh that's the red queen contest you know what i mean where both sides are kind of fighting each other you know what i mean right Just sort of um i kind of it's been i used to be able to explain that a lot in a yeah, concise way, but it's been, that, it's been that long <laughs> but uh yeah i mean it's, i don't know i don't know why i thought that was a good name for but i suppose i don't know why I thought it was a good name for the band at the time. It's it's been that long ago. I kind of forget why I thought it was a good name, but 
I, I just loved the book at the time. I thought, oh yeah, that's. I suppose I just thought it was a cool concept or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know if I thought about it applying to the music, and I must have in some way, but I can't even remember why or how. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, of course. Yeah, and yeah. again, that that's your fucking creative brain yeah. doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that might be why. Uh, artists such as yourself aren't more popular, kind of generally, because mm. I think it's it's objectively true that your music is better than like without even having listened to your mm. music, but you creative people's music is I think objectively better than the mm. shit that's on the radio. But the reason that it doesn't get the airtime is because conscientious people who are kind of, who are very orderly and very by the book and you know, don't want it. <laughs> well, it's not even that they don't want it. They, they would find it very hard to deal with challenging. You. Yeah. Do you know the kind of way? Yeah. Because like they, they want you to come up with a, a kind of a name and you have this mad thing from fucking Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> it's them. That's just like, Oh my God, yeah. how can I work with these people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're there. Oh my God, these fucking suits. Yeah. You know, yeah, how do yeah, I fucking yeah. work with there these people? There is an element like, to that, even though it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some uh, people, some people, not, there is a, some people want the lowest common denominator, you know, and just so they could, can, consume it easily but yeah sorry is, you can be sorry there is a huge uh, i suppose it ties in with the online there is a, there is audience there is an audience there for all t- different types of music though you know what i mean and and um and i suppose touring is where that's that's sort of where you need to be is touring that's where you can that's where you can make a living and that's how you can make it sustainable and allow you to to do the next recording is to to try and try and try and get to a level where you can go to different cities and you know even if it's let's say a wheeling size venue or something, if you can play venues that size in, you know, lots Half of different, cities, so. yeah, exactly. You know, not that you're, you're not going to be making lots of money by any means. And especially, especially if you, if you, if you have a big band, you know what I mean? But you know, if you can keep it nice and concise, that's, that's probably where, that's probably the realistic way of making it sustainable. You know what I mean? And is there a kind of cart before the horse element there that, you know, you, you can't play these gigs without a following and you can't get the following unless you play the gigs? Yeah, or? exactly. There is. And I, and, and I suppose we, we touched on it earlier on. I, I don't really know. I mean, it's, it's a bit, it's, it's how you do all that. You know what I mean? I, even though I've been doing it for a good few years, like you just have to, you just have to keep doing it and, and, and hope that, hope that it, uh, hope that it finds an audience you know and do everything you can to give to give it a chance to find the audience where whereas you know other things like syncing come into it you know where you're trying to get your music onto an ad or used by sorry sync syncing yeah okay so basically that's what that's what getting your song onto an advert that's what that's called syncing your music you know what i mean syncing it with a brand or or you know uh, or being used or to be used in a film or used in a in a TV show or something like that, you know. That's yeah, the way. Yeah. That's the way a lot of um, new music is sort of uh, discovered, I suppose, and and that's the way a lot of new artists are making money is by by doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I've even seen. Um, it's it's supposed it's as much as an advertising for Shazam as it is the tune, but you'd mm. be watching an ad, and the little Shazam symbol will actually come up. Yeah. For you to you know to to prompt you to find out who the song is or whatever else like, and I know I, I know myself I've heard. That's how I've been exposed to new songs or, or new artists of that is like because I think I I actually stumbled on Alche. Yeah, they were on the I was watching some program on BBC and you know the way they don't have ads but they will have they're not ads. Yeah, their music is lose so much in in that because I yeah. think it lends itself certain bands music lends itself for that sort of is it, was it used in the kind of background of a, yes of, yeah, yeah yeah I think there was a woman actually talking and it was just kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah in the background like yeah um. 
it's funny some bands music really lends itself to that to be used in that way and that can be very lucrative for them too you know what i mean yeah of course yeah yeah yeah. from what they're getting paid and from the exposure that it it gives them i suppose exactly yeah it's like the start of well it feels like the really big start of that was jose gonzalez you know uh heartbeats was used i think it was for a tv advert you know what i mean and it really launched him as a artist you know what i mean yeah um and there are there's loads of artists like that now that kind of Oh, that's your man from the ad, or that's that's that band from the ad, or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I don't. Yeah. I suppose you could be cynical about that. Is that you know people would argue oh, that's selling out. You know what I mean? But I don't. I think I think the fact that nobody buys music anymore, then I mean it makes sense. And why wouldn't you use something like that in order to? gain an audience like i don't have, i'm not cynical about i'm not cynical about now it depends on the product yes uh it depends on the product for sure there's certain you know I'm sure there's certain products that you wouldn't be ethically um you wouldn't people wouldn't be ethically comfortable with allowing their music to be used to uh, advertise but but i think as a premise it's absolutely why wouldn't you why wouldn't an artist do that if it's going to if it's going to bring bring listeners to them, like you know. Yeah, I think there's the there's a pushback against anyone being successful as well. Mm. Do you know that kind of way? Like you, whether you're on an ad or you're you're doing this or you're doing that, and you get successful and you actually you know you make something of it, and all you're doing is pumping out tunes and making money, and you're having a fucking yeah. you're living the dream basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking you know wanker. Yeah. Sold out. You know you're. Yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. have any scruples unless you're. You can barely fucking keep the lights on. Yeah, you know that yeah, kind of way? yeah. Like yeah, there's yeah. no. I don't know. What I found is people have this opinion that anybody with less money than them isn't as smart or as hard working oh, as yeah. them. But anybody with more money is, than them, you know, did something underhand yeah. or, you know, <laughs> yeah, fucked someone such over a mad to get it. Like, that, yeah, yeah. Um, there is, that's, that, yeah, that's interesting. That I, I don't know if that's an Irish thing. Yeah, you think? well, that's the begrudgery, isn't it? I don't know, that's, that's is still... Is begrudgery an Irish thing? It's definitely a thing. I, I think I, so. I don't think I've travelled enough to notice it. I I'm not much is does is, does the word begrudgery exist? And I don't know. I I I definitely associate it with Ireland begrudgery. So yeah. would I. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether it's a, used a word used by other people. I don't know if it is. To be honest, it sounds like one of those very Irish uh, uh, Irishisms. Because I think in America, if you become successful, you're automatically kind of celebrated. Oh yeah, fake it till you make it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I, I spent a, I've only spent a short amount of time there, but yeah. And it's the it's the side of America that you can be cynical about. You kind of go, oh come on, give us a break. But then they are so good at selling themselves. You know Very what I mean? Very much so. Um, and I used to. I my opinion has kind of changed on that. I used to kind of, you know, as Irish people, I think it's ingrained in us not to shout too from the rooftops too much if we if we feel like we're doing well because of that fear of being sort of uh, seen as getting above your station. But I don't know. I wouldn't like to say I want to go full, full out, full on Yankee in it, but uh, there, you can learn a lot from that sort of uh, positivity or something. You know what I mean? Oh, I think so. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, even the like the power of positive thought and mm. that, and as you say, kind of faking it till you make it, or mm. not like fake it till you make it. I think is it's almost a, or may, maybe this is just the Irishness yeah. coming out of me. It's almost like a derogatory. Yeah, term. no, I, yeah, maybe it's they're not really really related i don't think it's kind of different something slightly different i suppose but uh yeah putting your putting your best foot forward and fucking and kind of going for it exactly yeah just going for it i suppose it's that attitude of just going for it and and uh you know even like 
some like when people go bankrupt in the states, it's it's almost it's not it's not really. I don't think it's as sh- it's only it's as shameful as it would no, be no, here. You just go, oh, you go bankrupt, you go again. You know what I mean? It's I suppose it's it's yeah. I don't know. I wonder is it is it a population thing as well? Because in in Ireland, like if you, I suppose not so much these days, but certainly pre-internet days when the world was a lot smaller and you you know you you knew who you knew and um what am I trying to say in America I think you can you could walk down the street in an American city in you know a pink suit with your cock out (laughs) and you could walk the length and breadth of the city and go home and no one would no, it was you, or no one would notice. But if you did that in Nav, and you'd be kind of ruined for yeah, the rest yeah. of your life. I, don't, I think like. that's true in some parts of America, not maybe not in of all course, parts. Yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, yeah, well, I suppose that that's that. What the, the scenario you just described is, is kind of something I'm excited about in Berlin because I really think Berlin is a city like that, where like anything goes, you know, kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I suppose that's I find. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting kind of immersed in that. I wonder in that is, is that a population thing? Because you say that that's true in certain parts of America, but obviously not others. Mm. But the, those other parts are probably the lower populated kind of places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I heard somebody saying recently, like small towns are small towns everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, with Pat McCabe, he was on the radio yesterday. To, you know, the the guy that wrote the Butcher Boy and. Uh, you know, he was on with Ray Darcy, and Ray Darcy was kind of saying how he identified with it because he comes from small town. He he grew up in Kildare Town, and you know the characters and the kind of world that Pat McCabe pick, paints in the Butcher Boy is sort of familiar to anybody who grows up. I suppose Ray Darcy said in any Irish small town, but then Pat McCabe countered it and said, "Well, small towns are small towns everywhere." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That mentality is not just. It's not just unique to Ireland. Small Irish small towns, like small town mentality is one horse town is kind of they're everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're across the world. You know what I mean? And you've nowhere to hide. And the, yeah, and everyone knows your business. And yeah, you know, I suppose there's kind of mad people who are kind of assimilated into the into the into the population, and people, you know, things things happen, and you know they're swept under the carpet and all that. All those things that happen, like you know, small towns. I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. And I can see how you'd be looking forward to the, I suppose, freedom. Do you feel in in Berlin because you know no one knows you. It's a massive city. There's this yeah. everything going on. That's do you it. feel shackled here to any degree? Um, is that why? Sh- is that why a lot of people kind of leave? Yeah, maybe so. Shackle, I'm not. Yeah, shackle is a strong is word. word but, but yeah, I suppose yeah. Maybe and just just sort of to be in a bigger place and um, I suppose the, the, the Irish music scene can be quite insular as well, like and it's quite clicky and um, you know I suppose and just just the the thought of trying to do gigs over there and to sort of see how it goes down with a kind of a more kind of bigger wider audience, people from you know different places and stuff like that would uh, would excite us and. Um, uh, yeah, just that's that would be one of the, kind of the main reason for going to Berlin would be to sort of do gigs and see how it goes down. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, see absolutely. how the sound is kind of because yeah, like I don't know, I don't necessarily know if I don't think I don't I know it wouldn't our music might necessarily have a huge audience in Ireland, but it might have a bigger audience in in Europe and stuff. You know, so no, yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. And I think one of the motivations for me to to do the podcast was. Or not even not even the motivation is that I'm loving the conversations that I'm having with mm. people, and I don't think it's sad in a way that 
I couldn't have reached out to you or any of the other people that have reached out to and said, come over for a fucking four-hour chat. Like. Yeah. But you tell them you're doing a podcast, it gives a kind of a purpose and yeah. they kind of come out and... Because all we're doing is chatting. Like, yeah. You know, if the mic and the laptop and whatever disappeared, it's, you know, it's yeah. not going to take anything away from it. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's interesting that that we don't... Yeah, I, I, and that's why I admire you for that, like that... Um, we don't do this enough, like, you know what I mean? Actually, you know, like, I mean, actually get to get a sense of what, where people are coming from, even people we've known for, for years, you know sure. what I mean? Ruth, my missus said to me, um, I was saying, you know, beef is, is, is coming out tomorrow at two o'clock, whatever, and she was like, oh, great, that, that'd be a good uh, catch-up for you. It's probably been a while since you, you know, mm. had a proper chat. And it just made me think, I was like, he's going to come around tomorrow, but we're going to spend, you know, a couple of hours chatting. And I was I tried to put a, a number on the amount of years it's been since we would have had this yeah. type of a chat. We've never had this. Yeah, type yeah, of a chat. yeah, exactly. Not yeah, ever like no, we yeah. know each other what fucking twenty odd years. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Mad, yeah. Like. No, yeah. And I think we might have had little bits of bits of uh, conversations like where where you might get a sense like. of how you feel about something or yeah. and vice versa, but not in any substantial or meaningful way. No, and I don't think. I, there's very few people that you that you would have those conversations with. Is there, I mean, do you? Like, no, I th- I think we're representative of, of the vast majority. Of people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the yeah. Vast majority. Yeah. Like I, I've I've spoken more to um, I've spoken more to people in the last let's say month than I have in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> without yeah. a fucking shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Like and it, by no by no small margin. Like. Yeah. Um and. The, the name of this podcast is Off The Lead, or the name as it stands, I suppose, is Off The Lead. Um, and the, the kind of the, the, the subtext is encouraging conversations. Okay. The idea being this, um, they're conversations that will encourage people in whatever form that is, just to maybe think about different things, but also to actually literally encourage people to have, you know, conversations. Yeah. And I couldn't recommend doing your own podcast about music or fucking film or yeah. even just exactly a carbon copy of this because this I suppose is the the kind of Joe Rogan template yeah. you know, just a, a long form conversation yeah. and I think it's mass, fucking massively beneficial to just have these conversations forget about publishing them or, or yeah, yeah. Like. but what brought me on to um, the publishing end of things was what brought me down this, this road mm. was if I was to just put it up on my let's say personal Facebook, I would find that scarier than uploading it to YouTube to the entire world. Mm. Do you know that kind of way? And I that's completely understand that. But that's bringing me back to kind of the small town, big town kind yeah. of mentality. No fear, fucking like yeah. put it this way, I get up on stage and do a speech in front of a million people. Yeah. But I don't know if I get up and do a speech in front of a hundred people in that's, Navin. That's like. that's <laughs> that is so interesting because that's exactly the same experience I have with music. I much prefer doing gigs where I know nobody in the audience. Absolutely. Uh, the most enjoyable gigs I've done have been in places where I don't know anybody in the audience. Because it completely changes. I don't know what it does to you, but it does. It completely changes the dynamic um, uh, for me. Like, I, I, it's the same, I suppose it's the same thing. I don't, and why, I don't, I can you, t- well, can you understand why, why, why do you think that is? Or? I, I don't know, but yeah. you, you've, you've, you're after reminding me of something that I only read recently that just fucking blew the top off my head. It was this. It was again loosely related to personality, um, but it's, I think it's. I think the theory is called the looking glass self. Okay. The idea being that you now in this moment are the you that you are in front of me. Mm. You're not. You're not you. So 
you're acting and talking based on what you think I think of you. Yeah. So this kind of mirror. Absolutely. I think, yeah. If you're in front of a crowd of strangers, you can kind of be yourself. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's probably, yeah, and that's a great theory. I do, yeah. Because there's no, there's no baggage of or any history or any, you know, nothing. There's nothing there. Like, you know, they don't know you. Like, and you don't know them. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's... And I think, like, let's say, just in your circumstance of, of writing a song, say, if you were to write a song about, you know, fucking, I don't know, an ex-girlfriend or something, mm. or, you know, the song is, this song, this, my next song is called My Fucking Bitch Ex-Wife, whatever. <laughs> you know, if you have people in the audience that kind of know you, it's like, oh shit, you know, but if, obviously if it's a crowd full of strangers, you know. Yeah, you exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be yourself. I suppose, it's, and that's that, uh, yeah, it's kind of to do with an, an, anonymity or something, like, I'm kind of looking forward to that element of Berlin as well, where you're, Anonymous, you know what I mean, in a way. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I suppose that's it kind of ties it in some way. I think. Um, but it it is interesting, though, isn't it? That you know you can't you can't be yourself in front of people that kind of that you kind of know, and it's not even like like it'd be probably harder for you to play a gig or set say for me to do a speech or whatever mm. the equivalent is. It'd be harder for me to do it in Navin, knowing that I didn't know anyone in the crowd. Yeah, it's just the fact that. You know, half a dozen probably know you, or you know, yeah, some, yeah. someone that I know. And yeah, they yeah, kind yeah. Of get back to you. It's, yeah, it's, it's a weird. So all those little histories and all those little connections kind of start to play on your mind or something, or t- take your focus from what it is you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, like you know, I suppose to be re- brutally like you'd be thinking, like I'd be thinking if I was gigging in front of people I know, like or. Are they comparing this to what I did before, or uh, you know, basically just like, do they think this is any good? And I don't, I don't know why I don't have, you don't have those concerns when you're playing to to uh, to strangers. I don't know, it's weird. I don't know, it's from a, a personality perspective. You, what we're talking about is neuroticism. You know, yeah. Like how in your own head you are, and typically women tend to be more. Uh, or sorry, I was about to say more neurotic, would score higher on neuroticism, let's say, than men. And I wonder, is that why there is a lot less female singers than there are male singers? Yeah. Um, this idea that, you know, it's it's harder for them to put themselves out there. And would I, like, I think creative people in general, is it fair to say that they're typically men? More so than, you know, yeah. anything really? Um. I think that's just. I think that's just a history. I think it's just like the same in any industry. I think. I, I don't know about that. I. I would. I would hasten to guess that it's. It's. Uh, it's just like a fallout from from a patriarchal society. society I suppose. Like yeah, the yeah. same way it is in academia, where there's more men. I just. I. I just don't think the the, the books have balanced yet. I don't. I don't. I don't believe that men are more creative than women. Not by any. Not by any stretch. No. No. But the. I wouldn't say that they. They are. Um, but I think it's it's kind of well proven that they're more. Again, I, I, I don't want to say more neurotic because that sounds like yeah. pejorative. But they they would score higher in neuroticism, so mm. they might they mightn't be any less creative than men, but they're just less inclined to. Maybe so. I, I was right. Re- yeah, or not are not allowed the opportunities to like. I, I was. Oh, of course. Re- I was. I was reading an article, uh, a great article actually. Another. Journalist Sinead Gleason. I didn't actually finish it, but she was writing about her auntie who um, was diagnosed with dementia, and she was talking about the sort of um, 
uh, it's a great article about how it you know how 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 it was working like how it was manifesting itself as it got worse and you know as it as her dementia degenerated and they would have been very close it was her auntie and i suppose it was the typical irish auntie that wasn't married and had a very close relationship with the nieces and nephews whatever yeah, yeah. um but i think she was describing um the aunties was the oldest member of that family and then when the parent i think her mother died at 11 years of age she was forced into the mother role right. do you know what i mean to care for all her younger siblings you know what i mean yeah yeah of course. and it, it just kind of highlights what's expected of women in that scenario you know what i mean so like if let's say she was let's say she was a very creative person and could have become a poet or a whatever yeah or, or or sort of worked on her creative creativity yeah, good luck with that good luck Looking with that you've got fucking, fucking, your family you know what i mean and that i think i think you know women are it's changing now i don't i think it's changing now for the better like those things aren't necessarily expected of women or shouldn't be you know what i mean just oh well you know you're the girl so you're the oldest girl you know it's up to you to to, yeah. to be a carer and and to to forego that side of yourself you know what i mean yeah you know. but i mean it's, it's so recent because my dad would have booked that trend yeah like my mom was out working and my dad was the house husband yeah essentially. yeah but i mean to say my bad no worries um yeah he would he would have booked that trend but i mean fuck me that was that was massive like yeah and that was only you know, yesterday. Yeah, like, for him know, to take on that role. Is yeah. that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. He would have been like he would have been older than most dads, let's say, of, of our yes. age. Yeah. Um. So he would have he would have been old school, and the idea of yeah of him staying at home yeah. was just fucking yeah preposterous. Really, yeah, exactly. Like, fucking preposterous. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, that's fantastic, of, though. regardless, this my mum earned way more. Yeah. That's obviously why. Like, if he earned more, she would have fucking stayed at home. And yeah. Vice versa, obviously. But um, I think that pressure is is kind of still there and will be for a long mm. time. Yeah. Like, like when did women even get the fucking vote? Like, yeah. Again, exactly. It was only yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's all that stuff is interesting. What it's going to do to masculinity and all that. Like, you know, it's 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 in such the it's in such an early stage. You know how it's going to affect. Well, obviously, femini- femininity, but also masculinity as 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 uh, as the books are balanced as the genders are become more balanced you know what i mean it's it's just interesting how it's going to play out you know what i mean i haven't heard any reasonable talk about it though mm. any any talk i've heard has been you know tear the patriarchy down and kind of you know real mm. right wing feminism and yeah. like the the left gone fucking mad this idea of you know toxic masculinity and yeah if uh you know if, if a guy and a girl get drunk and have sex and they mm. regret it the next day that makes the fucking guy mm. the rapist basically yeah. i think it's it's kind of similar to what we we're talking about with the sort of the lefties shouting down and not not there's very there's very room for a balanced debate on all that you know like toxic you know toxic masculinity and all that yeah like that's yeah i think that's a, that's the kind of social media it's kind of a nature of the sort of way things are going like in terms of like just people shouting each other down and not having a balanced debate about something you know and how it might how it might change whatever you know yeah because it's super interesting Mm. it's really interesting to think that you know to to just be reminded that it only happened fucking yesterday that women got the fucking vote never mind anything else yeah um and you know the, the pros and cons of of women entering politics because politics kind of runs our our society you know yeah right or wrong um and women haven't had any part in that 
forever up mm. until you know what the last couple of decades or yeah. so and we don't know what the what the fallout of that is going to be good or bad yeah and the only people or the only time i at least hear of being discussed is you know radically yeah you know whether it's fucking men who think fucking women should be at home or yeah. women who think that you know yeah women are the, the, the best uh, so thing uh, that's, ever or that's the nature of the news as well as that like we only want to pick out Sensational, the, the sensational stuff, you yeah. know, as opposed to you know, like what do you think of gender quotas? Do you th- what do you think of what do you think of that? I preposterous, really. I think you think so. I I think so, yeah. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of work has been done. To, my understanding of it, a lot of work has been done in was it Sweden, where they've one of the Scandinavian countries, um, whereby they've done everything in their power to level the kind of the playing field yeah and what they've done is they've maximized the differences okay so explain that sorry how have they I, i'm struggling to think yeah. how exactly they've leveled the playing field but in terms of the numbers of the, let's say yeah, women they, they, entering politics or something yeah yeah or let's say engineering maybe they yeah. i don't know if they've lowered the points for women to get okay yes or, yes yeah, yeah something to that effect but my understanding is that they've done everything in their power to level out the playing field but what they've done is they've exaggerated the differences okay so in that same country it's now instead of it being 70 percent male engineers 30 percent women it's fucking 95 all right and i don't understand why that's okay there's been a backlash happened. against it is it that what you it's mean? not, not yeah. there's been a backlash but it's just that they've in an effort to level things up they've they've exaggerated okay now, right. i don't know yeah i don't know i don't know what the reason behind okay that yeah is, yeah and i don't know well, if that's anyone interesting has figured i'd like to read that up on that yeah um but i think that there are and again getting back to the the kind of the fundamentals of personality men would tip as i said women tend to be higher in neuroticism mm. men tend to be um it might be higher in conscientiousness or yeah co- probably higher in conscientiousness orderliness mm. which makes them good engineers mm. and it's these are kind of fundamentally these are fundamental differences between men and women mm. and it's why biologically speaking women tend to prefer certain roles and men tend to prefer yeah. certain other roles uh, yeah and so the idea that you would say it has to be 50 percent women and it has that's to be 50% that's men, it, yeah no i and i completely agree with you to, to ignore what we're traditionally better at is stupid. Like, you know yes, what I mean? 100%. So, yeah. Um, but at the same, I wouldn't like to think just because you could be a woman and be extremely uh, mathematically inclined or something, which is, you know, traditionally something that we don't associate. But you, I think you, you need to have the opportunity to, to get to the same level as a man if you're that way inclined. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think that the, the opportunity is there, but I think the, the problem is that if for example a woman is you know super great at maths or whatever mm. and was goes down that route she'll find herself in a boys club essentially absolutely and that's, that's that can be problematic but then again you could say the same for you know men who like cooking mm. they're going to walk into a fucking women's club and it's yeah. kind of yeah it's it like it's cooking okay. is it's an interesting one though you know the way we associate our mammies with cooking and but then most of the top chefs are all men like you know what i mean that's something that always confuses me you know just being a chef it's just one of those ones where you associate it as a female you know traditionally it's such a female thing and i suppose you know the traditional italian mama and all that uh but then most of the top chefs are all men you know it's it's funny but i know what i know what you're getting at though you know what i mean um but again 
conversations like this, like these, are, this is a kind of a reasonable conversation. Like you're you're not a big massive sexist, and I'm not yeah. a big massive sexist, but yeah. we're interested in you know discussing the yeah. pros and cons, and we're not like I'm I'm not terrified of kind of saying the wrong thing and being accused of being a sexist because I know I'm not a sexist. Yeah, and exactly. I don't give a yeah, fuck yeah. what anyone thinks. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing about us and what separates us from most people is we have a lot more autonomy than most people. So I can say something that might be misstrued or construed as being either sexist or racist or, or homophobic or, or whatever it is. And, you know, maybe I get a load of shitty comments online or something. You know, who cares? Mm. But if you work for a fucking AIB or you work for, you know, a, a corporation, you know, you're kind of accountable for what you kind of say and what's you know, oh, what's, yeah. what's recorded or whatever else and you can you have no job then absolutely yeah. and it has happened yeah yeah numerous occasions people yeah. they put up a, something on facebook and they get sacked the next day like. yeah well that's in, i i haven't you know your man john ronson you know that fella the name's familiar yeah like he wrote the psychopath test and the man who stare at goats and oh yeah he was on rogan not so long ago wasn't yeah he, he was yeah. yeah 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 i i like him a lot and uh but that one he was talking about you know the woman that put up the she put a tweet up like saying, oh, "I'm going to Africa for work. I hope I, I don't get AIDS." Okay, you know, I just find it interesting. like I suppose John Ronson is sort of his whole thing is about public shaming and the sort of the uh, the online abuse that someone like that can receive for what's a misguided. Obviously, it's a it's a misguided thing to say. It's a uh, you know. I, it's probably a joke that that just went tits up, yeah, like you know what I mean. Just a dark sense of humor. Yeah, like. exactly. You know, and I know that I've said things to you worse than that, and, <laughs> <the> back, <laughs> and vice versa. You know what I mean? And, and like, just the thoughts that, like, okay, I know I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be stupid enough to put that in writing and put it up for everybody's consumption online, but. She 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 landed touchdown in South Africa and she's fired like you know what I mean yeah literally and before it, she hit the ground yeah, she was technically sacked like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know like yeah it's um, is is that a good what were you gonna say sorry no 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 I was just gonna say like it's it's come up actually when I've asked a couple of people to come on and do this mm. and the fear that people have of of you know maybe saying the wrong thing yeah. or being taken up so the wrong way there's a constant or, there's a constant edit going on in people's head I think. You know, yeah, like people are like the self censorship that I've noticed, yeah, and that I obviously wouldn't have noticed until I started asking people to come and, and yeah. to record it or whatever. Um, and a friend of mine is just to keep it as vague as I can, mm. a friend of mine is a psychologist, mm. and he was afraid of essentially, he was basically afraid of being recorded on air uh, and being published. Because of the repercussions that would have with with his job, like. yeah. Now he's not saying anything. It's it's not that he was afraid that he'd lose his mind and say something that he didn't think. Yeah, he was he was genuinely afraid of of saying something that he thought that there would be repercussions of down okay. the line, like. Yeah, and I think I don't know if if that's warranted or if I don't know if he's completely mad in thinking that mm. or if it's or if it's justified. But it's definitely a recurring theme. Yeah. And people have said to me, oh, listen, I'll come out and do a podcast with you in the morning. But I don't want going online. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's just this, this inherent fear that it'll come back to bite them in the ass yeah, sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's mainly guided by their lack of um, their lack of independence, their, okay. their lack of autonomy. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of yeah, they're, they're plugged into the matrix and don't want to be unplugged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, all that. Yeah. Um, 
the fear of being exposed for something or you know that sort of yeah it's hard to hard to get your head around um yeah can you tell me about your your theory of that we're all being domesticated or what's yeah yeah it it started out i started noticing it noticing it in other people Mm. um but then i realized that i was as much domesticated as as the next person Mm. really and our entire conversation about the music that gets played Mm. It's a domesticated person. It's it's practically a fully domesticated person that buys into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, le- literally and and metaphorically, like. Yeah. Uh, and I think more and more, if people go around with um, whether it's a Nike T-shirt or they they, they just they buy into what's been fucking shoved down their throat. Yeah. Like, so like uh, consumerism, you mean? Is it consumerism is is a big yeah. part of it. Um, lack of independent thought is a, is another massive yeah. aspect of it like if you again like I, I mentioned earlier if you were to ask people on the street you know where are they in the political spectrum I reckon they wouldn't know what you're fucking yeah. talking about if you were to ask if you were to kind of do a similar poll and ask people for an independent thought first thing you're going to get asked is like what do you mean it's like well do you have like a an opinion on anything you know that's that's actually your own that you didn't, you know, that you're not going to regurgitate from something that you heard in the radio. And again, for the overwhelming majority of people, yeah, I don't think they they have one. Yeah, and I think that's fucking mm. sad. Yeah, uh, and I think the the kind of smartphone culture that we have, the the big problem I see with that is, or the reason why I think people are constantly on their phones is because they're without their phone, they end up having to fucking, you know, think. Th- not think about themselves but think to themselves mm. well every idle moment is is not spent in reflection it's spent sort of feeding it with whatever is on the screen whatever yeah. it is yeah it could be, it could be anything mm. and for me it could be you know uh personality it, it, it doesn't have mm. to be trivial it could be a really deep and meaningful thing that you're fucking constantly reading on your phone but it's a distraction away from your yeah from yourself yeah yeah and you need i think you, you desperately need that like and i think yeah. people are losing their losing their identity losing their kind of se- sense of self and i think that's the main driving force behind a lot of what's terrible in the world yeah you know whether it's fucking depression or you know rampant consumerism or you know pick your poison yeah so the idea of this this podcast and youtube channel or whatever it's going to kind of evolve into it's just a it's a pushback against that and it's it's an alternative because yeah. i would have i still am to a certain degree domesticated say but not nearly to the extent that i would have been mm. like i wouldn't dream of going into a shop now and buying yeah. you know an 80 euro t-shirt like, yeah 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 fucking madness like. it's interesting I, I'm, I'm i'm only halfway through this book by a fellow called you I'm, he's got it's a triple name yuval is the first name and harari is the last name and he wrote sapiens yeah exactly yeah, yeah. have you read that no no yeah, i haven't yeah. actually so, um, well, he's talking about, he talks about the cognitive revolution. and what, Basically, he's talking about why sapiens became the dominant species. creature or species yeah, yeah. on Earth and stuff. And um, But he basically, he, he's, a, he's a huge problem with the agricultural revolution in terms of it's how it domesticated people, really. And right. uh, um, so... <clears throat> he thinks we were better off when we were hunter-gatherers, you know what I mean? Living in smaller tribes that our diet was more varied, that we had more stimulation. And then when we started to live, when we domesticated animals and started to live in um, 
within larger groups. You know what yeah. I mean? That he thinks that we are, we, he thinks we are worse off as a result. You know, it's interesting Very. in terms of how it correlates with, I suppose, the, the latest stage. What you're talking about of that dumbest domestication you know what I mean it's it could it could there could be a correlation there somewhere you know what I mean are you familiar with Dunbar's number no Dunbar's number is the amount of if you look at um our if you look at homo sapiens kind of predecessors like you, you know you had um Neanderthals and yeah. Homo erectus and fucking whatever else all the way back to um kind of primordial chimps if you if you line up their brain sizes or their skull yeah their skulls, yeah yeah sorry get, I've, I've heard something bigger. about this yeah so the bigger the brain you could you could basically tell the size of the group that that particular primate lived in by the size of its brain so the bigger the brain it had the bigger its its social group the, the bigger it's the bigger the community mm. like the hunter-gatherer kind of community that um your mom who wrote sapiens was on yeah but what Dunbar's number is, I think it, it could be 400, okay. but 400, maybe even less. It's a couple of hundred anyway, low hundreds. That's the maximum amount of people that you can have relationships with right. kind of throughout your life. Yes, yeah, I've heard something about this, yeah. So in order for you to have any kind of functioning relationship with everybody in your group, your group can't be any more than, let's say, three or 400. Yeah. We obviously live in cities of fucking... Yeah, of exactly, yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. That's what he, I suppose that's what he's arguing about that that uh, we aren't better. Although, yeah, so it's very interesting some of the stuff that he's that he's talking about. Um, you know, the fact that as sapiens or uh, as Homo sapiens, that we our ability to create create fictions is is what allowed us to cooperate on massive level. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I suppose imagination. You know. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a God, and if you don't do what He's telling you to do, or if you know He's telling you to do, then you're you're in trouble. You know that kind of way, like yeah, yeah. so. Th- so people could then operate on on much larger levels because they because they believe in something that can't be proven. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all that stuff is just so interesting, and but it's just the ability to to abstract. Yeah, as well. yeah. Like and yeah. the concept of of kind of tomorrow, like that it, was revolutionary yeah. over the millions of years of our evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, an interesting one I heard on that recently was that we made a, a, a bit of a leap, I suppose, when we emigrated north and started hunting mammoths. Mm. And the difference between hunting a mammoth and, and something else was that um, when you killed a mammoth, you had way more food than you could consume and you couldn't keep it, say, yeah. for long periods. So you started to to kind of share it the idea being that the, the, the primitive thought process was if I give that guy over there some now yeah. when I don't have any maybe he'll give it to me yeah yeah yeah, and yeah. Just, just that that was a big massive leap yeah, in, our, yeah. in our kind of in our growth um, and then the idea like we would have the idea of sacrifice so the idea of giving up something now for a return at yeah. a later stage that was another kind of massive leap in our in our cognition yeah 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 and all these little different things um mm. you know enable us to kind of be the technological species that we are now but with that guy he wouldn't be i would imagine he would have a relatively small following say on twitter or his books get know. read like he, yeah. he's not you know he's not fucking mariah carey or you know yeah. insert massive popular person mm. and i think there's a an onus on people like us, say, who 
do have the interest and the kind of fucking God-given intelligence, for want of a better term, to understand those things and to, to have conversations about yeah. it, to, to, to allow it to be more accessible to a wider audience. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. Um, and again, that's another that's another thing that I found about having conversations with people. Like, I'm not going to be an expert in um, in personality, but I love listening to Jordan Peterson talk about it, and I'm, I am getting better. Yeah. But the way I talk about it is a lot more accessible for somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, know, yeah. Who would listen to Jordan Peterson and go, what the fuck? That's a lot of fucking, you know, academic yeah. nonsense. Yeah, like I had to listen to some of the Sam Harris, is brilliant, and but he was, there was one I clicked on to, and it's just some of which it was, um, I can't even remember who he's talking to, but it was all like theoretical stuff that was just going over my head. Do you know what I mean? And you nearly have to be going back and kind of listen to it again a few times for me yeah. to, to click with me, you know, that kind of way. No, 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, yeah. But then I kind of liked what sound like he'd say. Your man would—I can't even remember who he was interviewing, but he'd say something, and I think Sam Harris would go, "Well, hold on a second. Can you just go in? Can you go back, backtrack a bit there? Because we didn't get you. We don't, I don't understand, or not that he, he probably understood, but he realizes his audience, the audience doesn't doesn't. And I kind of yeah, yeah, that stuff is great. And I suppose the likes of the podcast and stuff are going to make it more accessible. That's what that is. What that's what's going to be at the forefront of making things more. Um, you know, palatable to to, lar- to a larger audience. You know, no, I, yeah. I think so. And As I, it's not it's not in stuffy it's not in stuffy leather bound books. It's 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 vibrant. It's you know, it's alive. Like you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And mm. again, your man Jordan Peterson, he would be again educated to an expert level on the likes of um, Jung and Nietzsche mm. and um, Trotskyev or what's your man's name? Fucking. I can't think, but you know all all the kind of the great, literally great, and the the philosophers. genius philosophers yeah. um, of our time, and he's talking about them in a way more dumbed down version than than they spoke themselves. Mm. Do you know that kind of way? And yeah. His dumbed down version is perfect for me. Yeah. And yeah. my dumbed down version yeah, is yeah. perfect for the next. Yeah. Hour. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, as you say, like podcasts are just the. They're just a fantastic way of giving people access to something that would have been beyond yeah, reach. Uh, unattainable, to yeah. Like put it this way: I'm not going to pick up fucking a book Young wrote and you know get my head around the fucking half. Yeah. It's just it's not in the fucking cards. Yeah, but yeah. I watch a YouTube video about him exactly. talking about yeah, yeah. how Young influenced him and, yeah. and his teachings, and hopefully, if if I can kind of do that to a, a yeah. wider audience, and that, again, that, all that kind of give, would give you hope. You know what I mean? Because you can, it's easy to despair a lot about the modern world and where things are going and. But it's that kind of stuff would give you hope, like you know what I mean. That there no, is absolutely, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and I think we haven't, like we were saying earlier about how you know women got the vote, you know, five minutes ago. The internet's only been here five minutes. Yeah, it really has. Like I mean, YouTube was, or the internet was porn for a long time, and then YouTube, YouTube came along, and it, it was cat videos for a long time, and now it's, it's something entirely different. Like you look at the likes of Joe Rogan, I suppose is the, is the classic example. He's getting what a hundred million downloads a month. Yeah. And there's him and his kind of assistant Jamie or whatever you yeah. want to call him, and and that's it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we haven't. Like he he's just he's the, he's just the first. Like I mean, if you call me the second, and there's another million of me out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Give it another ten or twenty years. Yeah. And again, there's no need for the corporate, the hand of corporations yeah. to kind of guide then, you. Yeah. Eventually, everyone's just having these conversations that are that are not just you know, fucking surface stuff. You know, people are. 
you know, as as it feeds down, I suppose people are actually then just on a normal level having more having profound conversations, conversations yeah. whatever. Was it, but the amount of, I'm having better conversations since I started listening to podcasts. Never mind about recording them. Yeah, yeah. Because when I meet somebody and they, you know, any crack and you get the the fucking mindless chit chat out of the way. I'm much more inclined to go, you'll never guess what, I was listening to this thing the other day, mm. and you know, we're happy yeah, yeah, yeah. with the fucking brain size of monkeys, yeah, yeah. or whatever, our predecessors, or whatever it was, Yeah. or it could be, you know, the, pick your poison, like whatever your interests yeah. are, uh, mine might be ev- psychology, or evolutionary psychology, yeah. you know what I mean, if it's, if it's art, or music, or literature, yeah. or, or, or whatever it is, and to hear people talking about it, and terms that you can fucking understand and that doesn't sound kind of stuffy or academic yeah exactly like, yeah, yeah. i think it's the the golden age of disseminating yeah um, there you go mu- that's not, it. Not music information full stop like yeah um and in your circle of friends like do you find that more people are listening to podcasts in general or like you i asked you because when i invited you here i said something to the tune of um started up this podcast don't know if you ever heard of such a thing blah 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 um and you're a, oh, you're saying, a yeah. bit of a fucking podcast fiend yeah, yeah, yeah do you see yourself as an outlier in that are you a one in a, a million kind of thing or or is everybody around you all fucking furious i'd say i podcasts? listen to more than most most people um i don't have i don't i can't say that i have too many conversations with people that listen to podcasts really like you know yeah, I mean? not yeah. yet I, I do i think i think um but I think people listen to a lot of like stuff that they're interested, in, like sport podcasts, maybe. And you know, I have spoken to people about Song Explode or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know how much people are kind of. Is it sort of like taking what they're? What well, for me, podcasts are kind of a way of uh, exposing myself to stuff that I wouldn't necessarily be very interested in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it it's whereas it's I think most people most people are all are just taking what they're already interested in and finding a podcast about that. You know yes. what I mean? So, you know what I mean? That's fine. That's just, but that's basically like switching a channel. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. Whereas, I, I, I hope, hopefully, I, I, what I like about them is that you can, well, go, I, I loved the fact that you could tell me ones that you listen to. You know what I mean? And there, I, then I, I'm listening to Sam Harris, who I've never heard of before. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm being exposed to stuff that I wouldn't be exposed to before. You know what I mean? So that's what I find exciting about it. I just don't, I don't want to just, I don't want to just use podcasts or to see them as, as a sort of a, a, a way to further go down a sort of a tunnel vision that you are in terms of your interests you know what I mean yeah hopefully it can open up a more interest to you like you know what I mean no absolutely and again the, my whole shtick on this uh, domesticated human idea of mine is that we're constantly being funneled down these mm. tracks so if it's you know whether it's fucking Man United or particular style of clothes mm. or a particular type of music or whatever it is People are just so, I suppose, one-dimensional. Yeah. You know, like in a way, there's, yeah. there's no, there's no kind of broader viewpoint. They're they're in their little echo chambers, and those echo chambers are getting kind of smaller and smaller and smaller all the time. And yeah. as as you so rightly put, if you're interested in music and all you do is look for other music podcasts, it's a great analogy. Actually, you're just changing the channel. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. different, but it's the same fucking thing. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I love about the likes of uh, Joe Rogan is. It's not the, you know, it's not a 
Like if somebody if somebody was to ask you what's the Joe Rogan podcast about? Yeah, exactly. There's no answer. The yeah, there you go. Yeah, and he has he he he, ta- he brings people on. I don't listen to it all the time. I, I dip in and out of it. Yeah, of but he brings people on that you know might necessarily be agreeable to his audience. You know what I mean? And I kind of yeah. like that. Like uh, obviously, well, uh, what do you call it? Infowars? That kind of oh, Alex Jones. Alex Jones, or I think it, I think he had um, that. Ted Nugent, you know him, that musician? He's like really right wing fucking and he's big into own your own guns fucking. Okay, right. He had him on, you know, like I I like that, like that he's not just kind of people who you'd imagine kind of on it. Yeah, like like I yeah. suppose you'd expect uh, your my man there, um John Ronson, you expect him to be on it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Where but so you're getting other perspectives, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is kind of uh it's not the way most echo chambers are, like you know what I mean. In Absolutely. terms of, it's just people giving you the stuff that you appreciate. You know what yeah. I mean. It's stuff like that might you might find apparent. You know what I mean. Did you listen to? Um, or are you familiar with Ben Shapiro at all? Name is familiar. Yeah, he's, he's on Joe Rogan. It's, it's one well worth looking up. And he's um, he'd be a conservative, but he's our age, which yeah. is rare in itself. That yeah, you find yeah. a kind of a young, well-spoken, yeah, right-wing or right-leaning person like. Um, and would be very conservative and yeah. would be proud of such and like the way you would be proud of being liberal he's yeah. equally as proud of being conservative Yeah. and I didn't disagree with one thing the man said yeah, yeah, not yeah. a fucking single thing I literally and he was chatting for like three or four hours couldn't disagree with a single thing the man said Okay. but without being exposed to that it's easy to think that write him off or something well pretty much yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, you, if you hear the, if you hear the stats about him then you go oh he's not he's not for me okay, he's a Ben Shapiro conservative commentator next yeah yeah exactly yeah 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 <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah, but when yeah. you're kind of and it's not until you're exposed to these ideas that you can judge for yourself whether or not you think there's any kind of merit to them like, yeah um, yeah Ben Shapiro okay I must have listened to him but even Ruth like Ruth will ask me now um, when we go in from here you know how did you just get on? I oh, yeah, had a great chat. What did you talk about? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same with everyone. Like, and I couldn't yeah. tell you what I fucking spoke to. Like, Pato was out here uh, a week or so ago. He did four hours until he had to go to a fucking dentist appointment. Right, yeah. And again, I couldn't tell you what we fucking spoke about. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I found that that was the second one that Pato did. I've had Dave Webster. He's done three or four at this stage. Uh, Paul's just done the one I've mostly done one-offs mm. but I often find that the second time someone comes back yeah it's it's way better yeah in that kind of way because you've kind of you familiarise yourself with the format you're not maybe as kind yeah. of nervous or as jittery or, or whatever yeah. whatever it is and um, I'm up for doing it again yeah, yeah no yeah, fucking yeah. can't wait yeah plus another good thing about it is and again this is the kind of the whole point of it is um, you, hopefully you leave here now and kind of think about the things that we thought about. Mm. So, oh, for sure. I, I know I will, yeah. And the next podcast that we do, we mightn't stray from any of the topics that we covered here today, but we'll just have, we'll have time we'll to We'll have ruminated on them. Of, yeah, of yeah, course. On, on the more, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. For sure. Um, and again, I think that, that gives you fuel to have better conversations with, you know, your missus or yeah. your, your mate down the road or fucking, you know. Exactly, yeah. Whoever yeah. it is, like. Um, for sure. But uh, yeah, no, the, the, definitely the, the fucking the golden age of of the internet, I think. And I yeah. think we're in a really good position as well because I think we're the last generation that grew up without the internet. Yeah. Because like I see Fionn, it's fucking scary. Like Fionn's three years of age. Now he'll he'll pick up the tab, press the the kind of the home button, swipe the screen the yeah. screen the, the screen, uh, go into files, 
find music and then scroll down and through three, yeah, fucking Peppa Pig and yeah, fucking whatever yeah. else he's watching. Wants, yeah. yeah, and he'll go into an episode and he'll go, oh, no, I thought that was something else. He'll back up out of it and, yeah, yeah. and it's just, it's fucking yeah. scary. Like, like yeah. I, I'm going to have to put, um, and I should probably have them on, on it already, parental controls. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. he can go into yeah, YouTube yeah. and start playing stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah. That's mad. Three At three years, years of age. Like. <laughs> what was I doing when I was three years? Fuck, I was you weren't on the stones, internet man. for fucking start. <laughs> I was eating stones. Yeah, picking <laughs> your nose. Yeah. It's fucking, it's yeah, mad. Yeah. And uh, another thing that I've been put on to, again, not to fucking harp on about him too much, your man, Jordan Peterson. Uh, I have to check this guy out, yeah. Yeah, no, a fucking fascinating guy. Uh, I reckon he'd be down yeah. the street as well because he, he wouldn't be for everyone, but I, yeah. I reckon there'd be something there for you. Um, he's a deeply religious person. Mm. Um, and he actually has a, a series that I'm just after finishing called um, The Biblical Significance of Other, The Psychological Significance of the Biblical Stories, which right. is fucking amazing. Uh, that's, yeah, wow. Um, absolutely blew me away. And yeah. You know me, fucking yeah. atheist. From yeah, yeah. I was fucking whatever age, but. He would consider himself a, a deeply, deeply religious man. Yeah. And whereas I would have said before that you know Christianity is such a load of fucking bollocks, yeah. you can see it's plagiarised from this, that, and yeah. the other, and all these religions they all yeah. have the same fucking thing and they're all bollocks. But the reason they all have the same thing is because there are kind of fundamental truths truth in there to that them. we Absolutely. found out along yeah, the yeah. way. And a point that he he stressed once was that um, don't think of like the Mesopotamians, which were you know how many fucking tens of thousands of years ago as being stupid or primitive people. Yeah. Far fucking from it, like. Yeah. And uh, I look at Fionn when, let's say he was two, say, I heard Peterson say primitive people, you know, weren't stupid. Mm. And I look at Fionn now at two, and even, or Fionn then at two, and even now at three, he's not that much different than he would have been if he was born a hundred thousand years ago. Mm. Do, do you know that yeah. kind of way? Yeah, yeah. And he's only going to be as intelligent as or is not intelligent, but he's only going to be as well-educated as what he's exposed to. Yeah. So that there's no, there was no limiting factor on human beings, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, maybe millions obviously yeah. before we were homo sapiens. Like. Yeah. But, um, it's just, it's just, it's just fucking mind-bogglingly interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much of this stuff that's out there. That yeah. Well, uh, your man Harari's going on, it was just, kind of lit up a light bulb for me talking about polytheism and monotheism and um you know basically how the how the how the major monotheistic religions like christianity and and uh, islam became the you know became the, the such so dominant you know yeah, uh, the kind of behemoth yeah but like basically they c- both came from polytheistic religions really you know what i mean they, yeah and just stuff that i, I suppose if i had it I just thought when you when you see it written down, you go, "Wow, okay, yeah." And then the fact that basically, like monotheistic religions, they are actually polytheistic. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, you know, it's just all the, all the history of all that stuff is just so fascinating. He's talking about dualism and and uh, dualism. That's familiar, but I couldn't so tell you like, what it is. The fact that there's a force of evil and there's a fact that there's a force of good. You okay. know what I mean? The yin and the yang. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but then like L, like as Christians Christians believe you know that there's an omnipotent God but then they also believe in the devil you know what I mean and it's just a kind of 
it's just basically show, highlighting the contradictions that are in so many religions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I'd be very interested to read that. What did you call it? It's, jo- a, it's Jordan Peterson is his name. Um, yeah. And the, the series, it's on. Do you use Stitcher for your podcasts? No. Stitcher's the app that I okay. use to find it good. What do you use as a Martin address? Um, I just, I don't, different, I'm kind of just on the websites primarily. And then I use... Uh, there's one I use for t- for I can't remember what the name of it is, podcast Republic? I don't know, can't remember which well, Stitcher on your, yeah. I highly recommend you you download Stitcher because you can have like that's where I listen to all my podcasts. Yeah, is 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 through Stitcher, um, but yeah, Jordan Peterson has like a, a, a Stitcher account say that he uploads yeah. a lot of his the the recordings from his lectures and that. Um, but yeah, it's the psychological the psychological significance of the biblical story. Okay, yeah, it is fucking unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really is. And it'd be talking about, um, let's say, Noah and the Ark, but it'll go into flood myths generally because apparently all cultures have all have, had flood yeah, myths. Yeah. Like, and the idea being that, you know, you've done something bad, God sends a fucking flood to fucking reset everything. Um, but he's a really interesting view on um, on the kind of the yin and the yang and, you know, good and bad and heaven and hell. Yeah. And one of the things that he would, um, would say quite often is in order to in order to be the kind of the best person you can be and have a really fulfilling life you need two things you need a heaven to strive for and a hell to um to avoid mm. which might sound kind of like he's kind of wax and lyrical mm. and a bit philosophical but he goes into the detail of the, the kind of scientific fucking grounding behind it so the example he gives is this guy called um Max Planck or Yank Planck, I think is his name. Oh, name. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he discovered the play circuit in rats right. in their in their in their brains and won a Nobel Prize for it. Um, and he also discovered that rats laugh when they're tickled, right? Uh, ultrasonically. Okay. So what they use, what um, what uh, the lab people will use is the eraser on the end of a pencil. To tickle the, yeah. the belly of the of the rat, because it, apparently it's the texture is the same to the, the mother's tongue. Yeah. But what this guy discovered was they have a that they play. It was known that mammals play generally, but he actually identified the circuit in the brain that was the play that circuit. That proves it, yeah. Um, but the experiment that he conducted was so fucking cool. So you get a rat, a, a lab rat, a starve. You starve a lab rat down to you know whatever percentage of its body weight that constitutes it being fucking starving, basically. And you let it know that there's food down this tunnel. And you tie a little spring to its tail, and you can gauge how motivated the rat is to get the food by how hard he pulls the yes, tail. Yes, okay. <laughs> so he has a heaven to strive for. Yeah. Okay? But the idea is that if you waft in cat odour, yeah. it'll pull like fuck to get the food because it's starving, but also to, to, get, away from the to get away from the... On okay. predator. Yeah, yeah. The idea being that he's starving, right? So he is maximally motivated to get food. Mm. He's he couldn't be any more motivated. He's <laughs> he's maxed out his motivation yeah, to get yeah. the food. So that's there. But you waft in that cat odor, and that's a separate circuitry. Yeah. So you max out that separate circuitry. So you can literally double your like literally clinically speaking, double your motivation to do something if you have a heaven to strive for. And a hell to, to avoid. avoid. That's amazing. Yeah. That's fucking fascinating yeah, yeah. stuff. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. if if that's piqued your interest, 
yeah. fall in love with Jordan Peterson. I wonder then <laughs> if, you, if, you, if, you wa- if you wafted the, the cat smell from the same place as where the food is coming, would that, <laughs> what would that do? You ah, you just the cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, just explode yeah, or yeah. something. Completely um, mind blown. But yeah, it's, it's, it's mad because um, just on that whole rat thing, and it, I've often wondered why psychologists kind of study rats rats and different things like you know how similar could a fucking rat be to, to a yeah. human like um and i don't know if we've since discovered the kind of play circuitry in, in humans but ah oh, here's one for you on morality mm. um like religions that tell you that you know you have to be christian in order to be fucking mar- moral and de- Christ- christianity came up with morality and blah 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 um that people would argue that it's inherent in our nature and we wouldn't have gotten to where we are without it and yeah. blah 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 but with rats Rats play and they they wrestle, so they kind of they pin each other. Mm. But if you get a, if you get two rats and one of them is let's say ten percent bigger than the other, that means that that rat is capable of beating the other of pinning the other rat rat, you know, at its leisure. Mm. Just it it'll always win ten percent have a ten percent weight difference. It's like me wrestling a two year old. there's there's no competition. Yeah, complete mismatch. And in nature, it's always I think the smaller rat that looks to play with the bigger rat. So a smaller rat will come over and start annoying you until it starts playing with you, basically. But if that rat is 10% bigger and it doesn't let the small rat win at least 30% of the time, right? that rat won't invite it to play anymore. Okay. So there's an inherent element of kind of of fairness there. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, and th- 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 these yeah, are the yeah. type of things that he kind of talks about. This is in the same book, yeah. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, okay. Um, Got it. Sorry, it's a podcast series as opposed to a book, or is it? Well, a, no, the... the an audio book. That, that series is actually a talk that he gave. So right. he rented out a theatre for 12 nights and sold tickets to it. Yeah. But the audio of it is... All was available. recorded and, and it's all available. Yeah. That he and his um his lecture series he he he's a professor in the University of Toronto and was a professor in Harvard for I think five years as well, um, all his lectures are are online yeah. and he doesn't see, he thinks that the universities are dying if not dead already and that the future of education is by basically uploading lectures online okay, and yeah, yeah. giving them out yeah. free to people like yeah um which is just is, is really fascinating and. He got himself into a bit of hot water over the whole um, gender pronouns thing, because in Canada they, they put forward this bill, I think it was C16, which was going to make not using these made-up gender pronouns a crime. A crime. Yeah. Now that's since passed, but he basically stood up and said, "Yeah, pass it all you want. I'm not going to use your compelled speech. Yeah. Fucking forget about it." Yeah. So it was a, a bit of a storm in a teacup, but it, it got him. Uh, it essentially made him famous to a certain yeah. degree. Um, but he's since um, made a load of kind of YouTube videos about about that and about everything else. And now he has, you know, a quarter of a million subscribers yeah, okay, on YouTube, yeah, yeah. earning 60 grand a month from Patreon. And his view on the money from Patreon is he doesn't need it. So he's just going to plough it into spreading science, basically. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a scientist, Fantastic, number one. Yeah. And then I suppose a scientist and an educator, number one. Um, but just to hear the man speak, like, like he he makes the point, and it's so fucking so trivial and obvious when you fucking when you hear someone say it. He said, right now we have you know a couple of hundred or a couple of thousand top grade universities worldwide, and in each one of them there's a guy teaching psychology, and you know they're they're good and bad to varying degrees. Why not just make 
the fucking best lecture series on psychology and upload it and give it to everyone for free. Yeah, yeah. And update it whenever, you know... There's new discoveries. Whenever there's new discoveries, <laughs> update it and fucking move on, like, and do it do it for everything. Like, why, why should it only be people who can afford 200 grand a year tuition in, in Harvard that's getting these Harvard Absolutely, courses? yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking record them, send them up, and let people fucking look at them for free. Yeah. There's, a, there's an accreditation issue. But, I mean, he's getting tens of millions of views on his series, and the point that he makes is that people aren't doing that for any other reason other than they want to learn. Yeah. So, you know, fucking... Let more power to them. Like. More power to them, exactly, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, Plow answers you. Yeah, no, a fascinating yeah. character, a really fascinating character. Cool. Um, and I suppose in, in, a, in a large part, he's kind of um, encouraged me to, to do this. Um, and he would, he would, preach is the wrong word, but he would say that... Um, in or again, in order to have a a, fuf, a fulfilling life, you need a, a hell to avoid and a heaven to strive to. Now, the heaven to strive to is whatever you make it. Yeah. Let's say if it's it's for you, it might be, you know, earning enough Completely. through the sales of an album yeah. or a week that will allow you to do what you do kind of full time yeah. and maybe take no, a bit worry, of pressure yeah. off. And because I'd imagine it's a fucking it's not an easy life. No, no, not at all. Absolutely, it's not yeah. that you'd want one. No, 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 exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, another. Pr- I'm probably getting a bit too comfortable here, like, uh, here, so that's why I kind of want to upset the apple cart a bit more by pissing off for a while, you know yeah, what I mean? No, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, exactly, because comfort, I think, can be the enemy of, of uh, creativity, maybe, you know? I couldn't agree mm. more. Could not agree more. And I think that's a massive problem. And again, it's another thing that actually Joe Rogan says quite a bit. Um, we have it too fucking easy. That's yeah. what's wrong with the world. Yeah, People yeah. have it too fucking easy. Yeah. Um, like you, you look at the likes of, even in America, and the, the protests that they have in, in, in universities over there over you know, how oppressed they are. And like, You're going to Yale and you're protesting <laughs> about being oppressed. Like, it's fucking laughable. Yeah, it's, like. yeah, it's a complete lack of awareness. of com- oh. Complete lack of awareness. And we just, we just have it too easy. It's too easy to, to get by. Yeah. Like worst case scenario, the especially in Ireland, uh, not that I'm against, you know, this a social state, like, but um, if you don't want to work, say, you know, ultimately, you'll get a roof over your head and you'll get, you know, enough money to fucking buy food or whatever else. And like, there's, there's merit to that if it's a kind of a stopgap. But when that's all your fucking life is, it's a, you're doing people a disservice. Yeah, like. yeah, exactly. You're, you're yeah. robbing them of their... Of their lives, of their, basically. Yeah. And if, you know, you if you grow up in that and you take that as the norm, do you know that kind of way? And like, you have it becomes a generational thing. Generation yeah, thing. Like, yeah. Fuck me. I'm, like I remember seeing um, it was actually Jamie Oliver. He was over in the states doing some shitty fucking cooking program. Yeah. But um, he called to this woman's house, and you know, he was going through her presses and showing her how terrible her diet was, and blah blah blah, whatever else. But he said something that was very interesting, or she did. He asked her, um, Jesus, like everything's frozen and deep fat fried, would you not, you know, boil a pot of spuds and or potatoes or whatever? And your mum was like, What 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 do you mean like? <laughs> and she didn't know Can't what he meant by boil a pot of potatoes. Yeah. Because number one, she didn't have a pot. Yeah. And number two, she probably didn't have anything to put the fucking pot on to cook it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because her Microwave. parents didn't have a pot. Yeah, yeah. So like you probably know how to prepare yourself a fucking dinner. Absolutely, yeah. But if your parents never did, yeah, where the I, I had this talk with learn? somebody recently, like uh, that um, 
you know, obviously we have an obesity epidemic, and it's to do with lack of education, and, and it's it's sort of, it's uh, you know, it's almost I, I don't know what the statistics are, but it's almost it's like I wonder the, the obesity epidemic is probably more prominent amongst uh, working class people or so you know people who, are, who don't have the same education. You know what I mean? And like it just. Where you know things, people are just not educated or not aware enough about like um, how easy it is to kind of you know buy fresh food and and cook it up. You know what I mean? As, yeah. as you're saying, like and then all the packaging and everything that's that's kind of targeting uh, young people and all that. You know that stuff is all it's horrendous, lack of education. You know. I I see it with Fionn more so than anything, and it's fucking scary. Like the the crash um, because. He's going into preschool now. Yeah. He's of, of that age. So in preschool, you wear a uniform and you bring in a lunch. And it's like a precursor for, for school, basically. Mm. Um, but the rules on, on what you could bring in for lunch. And so no chocolate, no crisps. There's just an all-out ban on them. And I remember reading that going, fucking hell, you know, that's yeah. that's fucking class. Like, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? like, I'm fundamentally opposed to banning stuff yeah. in general. Yeah, but yeah. that's a that's a ban that I can really get behind. And it wasn't until the, the next couple of weeks, or whatever, when I'd be getting them ready for for preschool in the morning, and you're kind of rushing, like, "Oh fuck, it's lunch." And I would have chucked in. He, this yeah. is coming from me, who's yeah. acutely aware of not feeding my yeah. child shite. Yeah. I absolutely would have chucked in, you know, a bar or a bag was, of crisps because it saved time, like, just yeah. to save time, like, yeah, yeah, just to save time, yeah. And that, yeah, that's it. I was at I was at a, that wedding in France, and. Uh, Went down to see the, the kind of the people who, whose wedding they've bought a place and they're going to live in France and it's kind of rural France, and in the village, uh, the school has got together and they've banned iPhones. Right. For for, for I, I'm not sure whether they're banned from school or I think they, I think it could be they're banned from owning them. Like I think it's that, right. that extreme, well, like which is extreme, you know. Yeah. Um, but the parents have all agreed to it you know yeah, what I mean yeah. I just I don't, yeah and I suppose like when they go into the city then they feel a little because all the city kids have them and stuff like that but I don't know I think I, when I heard it first I was like Jesus that's a bit extreme like but then you kind of it's it's uh, it's just, I just think it's a good idea you know like just be kids like you know what I mean yeah you know what I mean I think though all that sort of stuff can kind of maybe steal your childhood from you a wee bit you know if you grow up too fast with all these access to all this stuff you know what I mean you can you can kind of lose your childhood or something a little bit it's just you're you're losing your ability to reflect from an earlier age yeah yeah there you go yeah we do you know kind of earlier yeah like it's bad enough that we were let's say 20 before smartphones really fucking came on the scene yeah at least we had up until we were 20 to think to ourselves yeah exactly yeah. but I mean, imagine being born like anyone born now you're born into like a smartphone world so yeah. it's like I don't know what age kids get their fucking smartphone but considering how Fionn can pick up my tab and just swipe around <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming yeah. it's getting it's earlier young, yeah. and earlier every every year like so we're in danger of losing our ability to kind of think to ourselves and ruminate and, mm. and whatever else we're privileged to have some have that to lose. Yeah, yeah. Like, what happens when you fucking never have that in the first place? Like, yeah, yeah. Do, well, do you know that's, that's, a, that's a good way. Yeah, we're privileged. We're privileged to have that to lose. Yeah. But like, if if a, if a kid literally, because put it this way, if you're if you're a five year old, say, 
has a, a smartphone that let's say mightn't be you mightn't be able to send and receive messages but you're on the wi-fi and you can play your games and you can do whatever else you want to do um when are you going to find the time to sit quietly and think by yourself do you know like i know <laughs> exactly. it's not fucking happening no, like, you're not. just you're on your fucking phone yeah man. yeah yeah. Like, and it takes conscious effort for an adult not to to be on their phone. Yeah. Because the way these things, and again, it gets back to the kind of the negative aspects of tech. Like I heard another really interesting thing about, you know, if you go on to whether it's Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or, or any of these things, when you open up the page, the page populates and then it might take a second or two, but uh, a red tick will appear if you've got like a message or a notification or, or a new yeah. thing. You don't, you, you never open it anymore without there being one of those, I think. And it's not, you know. Well, here, here's an interesting one for you. And this is just, it, it just goes to show how um, invasive and yeah. cynical and insidious these yeah. things have become. There's always like a, a, a split second of a delay before that populates. Yeah, so that split second, your, that. your panic. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's you yeah, yeah. with your eyes yeah, open. Yeah. And the guy yeah. that was explaining that, um, made an analogy to the slot machines yeah. so you, you pull the big lever yeah. it goes it doesn't fucking need to go you don't even need to pull the fucking lever you can just press a button and go pop yeah. and the answer will come up Yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's no and that's what people get addicted to it's that it's analogy. and that's literally how people are becoming addicted to their smartphones yeah. it's this it's it's engineered yeah. into the system. It's, yeah, and I, I yeah, it's something I'm very conscious of, but I'm not above it by any means. I, I'm the same. Like, do you know, I got I think I got rid of the app off my phone, and then but then I went onto the internet and started looking it up again. You know, and or even like, like I'm, I still love my sport and love my football and stuff, but I'm looking at fucking stuff and I'm just going, you know, find myself reading shit and I'm going, wow, like what am I doing? Like, yeah. you know what I mean, especially over the summer when there's no football on. I'm looking at fucking transfer rumours and it's just like, what am I doing? <laughs> it's like, oh, this is never going to happen and who cares if it does, like, or not, doesn't. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just fucking, it's mad, but I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. A lot but at least you're aware of it. Yeah, like, yeah. Being aware of it isn't a, a, you know, a, a magic bullet to fucking cure it. Like, no. I don't, you said that you didn't think you were above it. I don't think you can be above it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Do you yeah. know that kind of way? I literally don't think it's impossible. It's impossible, yeah, yeah. Um, no matter how aware you are of it, like a, a conversation with a, a good friend of mine who I would consider to be a, an intellectual black belt, he's just fucking the the man lives in his head and he's a just a, an amazing guy, a guy called uh, Chris Gleason. But um, he said something to me, I couldn't fucking believe it. He tried to make the point that he wasn't influenced by advertising, and his idea being that he understood it to such a degree that it didn't influence him. Yeah, and I was like, man, how the f- how can you, above all people, fucking come out with a statement like that? And he's like, no, man, seriously. Like, I see all these ads on telly. Like, and I'm, but I'm never going to buy into that stuff because I'm, you know, I'm not into that commercial thing. I'm not into ownership. You know, yeah. blah 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 blah. And I was like, right, name me three cola brands. And he goes, Coca Cola, Pepsi, and Dr Pepper. Yeah. I was like, I can't say this with certainty, but I'd imagine you name them in order of how much money they spend on advertising. Yeah, yeah. And that. That would be my point. Yeah, you can't no, not I, be influenced I, I would, by this kind of I stuff. I would agree like. with you there. You can't. You can't. Hey, you, unless you unless you live a hermetic life with no connection to anything, how could you not be influenced by advertising? Like? But even that wouldn't cut. Even that wouldn't cut it because you're not being exposed to it. Yeah, exactly. Do you know kind of way? Yeah, There's yeah. a difference between not being exposed to it and oh well, well his, his his claim to be able to be exposed to it and not and be affected not by it. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. yeah. Well, pretty much. Yeah. Madness like. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> madness. And again from a man who I I would yeah, yeah. consider to be an intellectual black belt. Like, yeah, yeah. Madness yeah. like. 
So exactly. there, there is no, there's certainly no kind of being above yeah. it, and especially when you get into insidious things like there being an intentional delay to keep you, yeah, like the minutia that they go into, like, yeah. and that's only fucking starting too, like, yeah. Um, that's again that's that's that stuff that that's the element that terrifies me all that stuff you know what i mean what that's doing to and all the new sort of neurotic sort of sort of psychological illnesses that that's going to create like you know what massively I mean? so yeah yeah that stuff all is uh to be really <laughs> feared i think you know no massively so mm. and remember um stuff reading we, about yeah. sorry stuff that we can't even envisage now like sort of psychological damage that we can't even envisage i think because we can't even comprehend what that's going to do like i don't oh, think. No, but put it this way like it's it's kind of taken as a given that suicide is is on the upset yeah but i don't and like that suicide amongst let's say teenagers is higher than it's ever been before yeah. and that's a terrible problem we don't mm. need to discuss how we don't have to discuss what's problematic about that it's yeah. kind of self-evident but what mightn't be as self-evident is what happens when the world is being ran, like let's say in in 20 or 30 years time, what happens when the world is being ran by a generation of people who are practically all suicidal in their teens? Yeah. Do you know that kind of way? Like what's yeah, the repercussions yeah. of yeah. coming through That's a it, suicidal yeah, yeah. fucking teenage period? Like, yeah. Fuck no. Yeah, exactly. Um, but one thing I was going to say on the on how the society that we live in is is engineered to, you know, get you addicted to fucking smartphones and, and different things. Um, do you ever hear any of the tricks that are used universally in supermarkets? Yeah, like like some of them are fucking classic. The last leading stuff are you know. You well, that that'd be one. That'd be yeah. a kind of a, a more kind of obvious one. That's yeah. a hook to get you in the door, yeah. you know. And that's why there are laws against kind of below cost selling because Tesco would just give their milk free to people because yeah. it gets you in the door and buying the yeah. shit. But the the minutia, like, um. So, can you think of a supermarket that you walk into that has um, like a a, a flappy door thing or or a or even the electric doors that actually open as you approach them. Yeah. When you, especially young men like ourselves, typically if we're going in shopping, you get out of the car, you walk to the door as fast as you can, and you walk to where you want to go as fast as you can, you get all your bits and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. But when you walk up to that door, if you're walking at like a brisk pace, odds are you're going to have to wait for a second for that door to open. Yeah. That door could fucking have opened if they wanted that door, if they didn't want to break your stride, they want to slow you down. They literally want yeah. to break your okay, stride to well, slow you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if they, and they've learned this over the years and they've studied it to the fucking ninth degree, um, if they stop you, you're not going to walk as fast. The slower you, the more time you spend in there, the more fucking money you leave in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are the other ones? Uh, the tile sizes. So okay. the actual tiles on the ground. Yeah. Uh, can typically be smaller in front of high value goods. So you're walking along with your trolley going and it, that will literally slow you down yeah, yeah, as yeah, you yeah, walk yeah. by the wow. stuff that they want you fucking looking wow, at more. Wow, like. that's fucking scary. Like, that's what I mean, yeah, like yeah. fucking scariest in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. And that shit's not like, new, yeah. that shit's been around forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, I suppose, yeah... You're aware of the fact that they're they're wanting to maximise their profits, but you're not you're not thinking about how many what the the lengths to which to the ah, still go. It's like. fucking crazy, like Fuck, so these yeah, places yeah. are engineered to just fucking suck yeah. you dry, like. <laughs> yeah. um, um, and then there's obviously the more uh, there's the more obvious things then of you know um, 
the shit that's at the tills. The mm. kind of impulse purchases. The impulse like, buys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or even little things like the bread and the milk. Always at opposite ends of the shop. So you can't just go in for bread and milk. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. You have to walk down to the place yeah, yeah. To, from one to get to the other. Oh, Jesus. And there's, there's an endless amount of shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your own? Red and yellow are two colours that are known to sell. Like scientifically proven they sell. Blue is a colour that doesn't sell. The top three most co- the top three most popular colours in branding are red, yellow and blue. Because blue stands out in front of Okay, red yeah, and yellow. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, shit yeah. like that, like it's just it's it's engineered way beyond yeah. your You just think of all the, the kinda despicable people in rooms kinda thinking of new ways <laughs> yeah, yeah. with their little voodoo dolls yeah, fucking yeah, sticking exactly, pins yeah. in you like yeah. Fucking um, being showered with with hundred dollar bills or something. Yeah, know? yeah, it's so mad. Like, and even even the idea like of like brands pay for shelf space in yeah. supermarkets. So, that, um, but they'll pay more for eye level stuff. Yeah, all this yeah. shit. Like, yeah, and that's rife in the layer of you know Facebook and like even the ads that you're served. Yeah, like you know wh- why is it that I always get you know ads for recording equipment yeah. or whatever it is. I know. Or, yeah. And it's it, it's mad how fucking tailored things have become. Like. Yeah, it is. Um, but again, this is my answer to some form of a, a pushback against it. Yeah, of sorts at least. That's fight the, the good fight. Absolutely. Well, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll have to uh, go for a pee, man. We, we yeah, soon yeah, enough, no, yeah. what at all. So listen, do you want to f- finish up? Yeah, we finish up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great having you on. Thanks, Where man. can people find either your okay. past um, stuff, current stuff, future stuff? Oh, places like SoundCloud, Bandcamp. And what are they searching? Uh, well, for old stuff, Red Queen Contest. Um, for new stuff, it's Sarah May, S-A-R-A-M-A-I. Um, SarahMayMusic.com. There's there's kind of basically updates of what we've been doing most recently. And, uh, yeah, it'd probably be... Uh, that'll be the signpost for where the, whenever the name changes. That'll be where you'll find out what, about the new name. Yeah. So, yeah, those kind of places. It's been a pleasure, man, absolutely. No, and listen, we'll get you back. Yeah, cool, definitely. Because I think I'm hoping, providing this recording is okay, I'm hoping this is going to be the first published one. Cool. Because what I have is I've um, applied to be a speaker on TEDx Strata. Okay. So what I might do is I might upload my application video and my actual application to whether it's Facebook or YouTube or both or whatever, so that would be the kind of first one because the that will that kind of outlines my my thoughts on yeah. fight, pushing back against the domestication thing. Um, so I'll put that up forward. Ideally, if I get to be a speaker on the TEDx thing, that'll be the next one, and then that's on the third of November. And between now and then, I'd have done hopefully a second one with you maybe and a couple of other people. So I'd like to have three or four ahead yeah. of me and then start kind of releasing them one oh, after okay, the other yeah. but um yeah massively enjoyable and can't wait cool, to get man. you back on so listen 100 for our cheers Definitely.